Hey everyone, today is Thursday, the 16th of January 2020. This is The Gap, episode 499. I'm Luke Laurie, Job Gorey is here, and we are back for another year. How are you going, Job? Oh, yeah, pretty good. Um, How's your break? Yeah, good. Just uh, pretty relaxing, I guess. Uh, pretty harrowing. Uh, I don't know if you know about this all the way over in fucking California, eh? but uh, Australia's on fire. Hmm. And uh, yeah, so um, that was that's pretty different. Um, I mean, it's it's not as different as it could be. Uh, we are regularly on fire. We have a bushfire season, uh, but uh, yeah, still like this. It's the worst it has ever been, and yeah, it's pretty fucking bad. Like there are there have been like multiple days it's been like a real adjustment uh because yeah i just can't i can't sleep with the house open which is weird in summer right because everything every house gets fucking 10 degrees hotter if all the windows are fucking closed uh and it's already fucking hot so uh yeah i've been sleeping with the aircon on and all this kind of shit so that's pretty fucking weird and yeah, you wake up, my wife, you know, I don't leave the house, so it's not that big a deal for me. But uh, my wife bought like a, a Like a bang mask. Like a fucking... I've got one. She bought me one too. But uh, I don't need it because I don't go outside. But yeah. Yeah. Fucking... Oh, you were born in the dog. Um, <laughs> which, I was uh... merely born in the bushfire. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been weird. So, um, you know, fucking obvious. I think we're mm. primarily an Australian podca- po- podcast. I think most of our listeners are from Australia. Uh, we got a good split. It's like, I'd say 40, f- 40, maybe. Yeah. That doesn't add US. up to a hundred. Uh, well, no, cause the rest of it is, uh, I think UK, uh, we've got people everywhere. Awesome. Well, yeah, anyone um, for the most part. listening from uh, outside of Australia uh, might not realise. I mean, I guess it's been all over the news. I know it's getting international attention and stuff like that, but it's it's pretty fucked. Like, it's pretty fucking bad. But um, mm. we got some rain today, which is really good, uh, really nice. And, uh, yeah. Too much rain now. Oh, you can't fucking win, can you, Joe? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll take any fucking rain. I love it. Uh, but, yeah, it's... Um, it's been weird. It's been a weird fucking Christmas break, holiday break, mm. whatever the fuck you call it. Because yeah, you just wake up every morning to new, new stuff. And like, I've got friends who live up in the Blue Mountains, and we've been like talking about them coming down, like possibly having to come down, and they're like split, whether or not you know they come down uh, to stay here in Five Dock, or if they stay there to try to save their houses and shit, save their entire livelihoods and stuff. Just fucking, it's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, if you are listening and uh, you're not directly impacted, it's uh, it's totally worth donating uh, to, you know, one of the many, many places, uh, rural fire services or... Um, like each state has a different rural fire service and stuff like that. Obviously, you know, at some level we all feel that we shouldn't have to because, you know, the fucking government should probably be fucking doing something about doing this. Doing something. <laughs> uh, but uh, it is what it is. You can't do it. You can't do that because you're on holidays. got to go to Hawaii, of course. Of course. 
<laughs> fucking what a fucking spat. Um. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I've seen a lot of like um uh, video game publishers and developers getting behind it. I, I saw a post I think in the last day or so that um. Ubisoft is putting together like a, a skins pack for Rainbow Six Siege, and they'll be putting proceeds towards um, donations. So that's pretty cool. And Call of Duty just, is doing it as well. They've, they've yeah. changed. They've just basically changed one of their um, their packs, the Outbreak Outbreak Outback pack, um, and so they've just you know they're, they're donating all the all the profits, uh, effectively profits. They said they use some different term, but. Uh, yeah, I think it's net proceeds, which is profits, uh, to, to the, um, yeah, uh, I'm not sure which one exactly they're donating to, but they've all got different ones. I believe it's Red Cross. Red Cross is sort of the international one that you can always, uh, donate to that, you know, you, it even helps places that aren't, aren't in Australia, which is obviously good. Australia's not the only place impacted by the, uh, effects of climate change, but, uh, yeah, uh, if you want to direct, sorry, donate directly to the to Australia. Yeah, the other one that's going on is uh, the hashtag Game Devs for Fireys, which is sort of a twist on Authors for Fireys. Author, a bunch of authors around the world got together and donated a bunch of stuff, um, and it's sort of like a Twitter auction type thing where you, you mm. pledge a certain amount, and once you actually donate it and you show proof of that donation, uh, you get the you know whatever they've auctioned off the which, thing yeah, yeah. Um, game devs safaris is the same thing a uh, bunch of a bunch of awesome game devs and game related people in Australia are doing that sort of stuff authoring uh, sorry auctioning off uh, all kinds of stuff like limited edition I've seen like game journos living, uh, doing limited edition like press packs and stuff that you'll never ever see anywhere else which is pretty rad and um, like one-on-ones to talk to a narrative designer or uh, like limited edition, like the game director's own signed copy of, uh, I think it's Hand of Fate uh, and like a copy of the Hand of Fate rule book for a tabletop game. That's from obviously uh, Defiant. Um, yeah, yeah Gearbox like, is doing stuff. Yeah, Gearbox is doing something. Um, and yeah, all kinds of like from like, the big guys all the way down to littler things like yeah just auctioning off uh basic like advice and stuff from uh from mm. from people which is um yeah it's it's awesome to see people coming together and trying to yeah. you know help out where they can uh well, the prime minister giving someone a bag of food a single bag a woolies bag of food yeah <laughs> uh, or a handshake that they didn't want uh Multiple, multiple. He gave multiple. Multiple orders. people did get that. <laughs> Not to, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to, you know, sell you short, uh, scummo. But uh, yeah, multiple people got that. Um, yeah, it's um, <laughs> fuck. That is, it is, honestly, like a fucking, like a Armando Iannucci fucking comedy at this point. How fucking inept these cunts are but anyway uh yeah hmm. so yeah anyway that's my bummer notes start off 2020 podcasts in <laughs> can only go up 
Um, yeah. I mean, unless unless oh, on my side yeah. of the world they continue to start this it, war with another it, country, which it, it could then it very could get easily worse. go down. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, but hopefully, hopefully, make it till at least April, where we can play Cyberpunk, and I'll be happy. I yeah, look, <laughs> Cyberpunk—that's our—that's our stretch goal at this point. I'm hoping we make it to episode 500. I know it's only a week away, <laughs> but anything can happen. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking of, yeah, episode 500 is next week. Yeah. Pretty huge. Uh, everyone's been putting in on the Gap page uh, in the best Gap moments. We've got heaps of uh, heaps of great Gap moments. Uh, and obviously we've got some of our own favorites as well. So uh, we'll check uh, that out and put something together. And by we, I mean Luke. Uh, and... Uh, Yes, that'll be good. Yeah, and so I was, I was thinking for next week we we go through a bit of that, but also because it's like a um a, a lull or a lo- like a, there's not much happening in this time of the year. Like today will be a big episode because we got a lot of stuff we've talked about over the the three weeks we haven't podcast. Um, <clears throat> but I was thinking next week we do like a, a most anticipated or like what's coming out this year and talk about some of the games that are like we're really looking forward to and obviously like new consoles this year two new consoles um which is gonna be pretty big so yeah fill some space up next week right uh yeah let's so maybe know. send us any you know suggestions people th- you know games people are looking forward to yeah that's that's a good idea uh we yeah definitely send us uh anything in that you'd like us to talk about it will be a bit of a filler episode uh, only appropriate because as far as i can tell the only game that i'll have that's new to play is uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, uh, mm. which I believe will be ninety nine percent filler. Uh, so uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, should be good. Um, and then hopefully the next couple of weeks things will should be start picking up again. Um, March has got some releases and preview events and whatnot. So yeah, yep. Um, but anyway, mm. how about we start off with some going off track a little bit as we do over here and talk about the witcher the, the witcher new, tv series the new netflix tv series that came out um i think it was on the 20th around then uh, on netflix um and this is a tv series starring henry cavill uh, aka superman um and it is based on the the novels i guess or the short stories that were written um so it's it's not really tied to the video games, but at the same time, it is. <laughs> like, they're going around saying that it's not, but uh, it definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's definitely got its influences. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, it's not entirely I- independent from the video games. I can't even think of... Like, maybe... Uh, Trespasser, right? Trespasser was the Jurassic Park game from fucking way back in the day. Uh, I'm on a dinosaur video game thing at the moment. Uh, mm. But uh, yeah, it was uh, more closely tied to the book than it was the movie, right? Sure, yeah. Uh, this would be... This This is not... Like, it didn't really take any influences from the movie at all. Uh, well, I guess a couple of models but uh yeah this this definitely feels the influence of the uh of the games 100 percent. 
And, and it's hard not to as well because Henry Cavill's been pretty open about um, when he heard about them making this series, he basically jumped at it because he was a massive fan of the games. Like, he, well, he'd played at least two and three. Um, he said he played three multiple times, and so he jumped at the opportunity to try and get on on board with this project. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I remember watching an interview with him. With I think it was IGM, and they were doing like a roundtable with a bunch of the actors and asking sort of like, "Who would you like to play as a video game?" And he immediately went to like, "The Witcher." I, like I've heard they're making it, and I'm doing everything I can <laughs> to like get onto that. So he was on from day one, and he's he, he's talked about like um, the voice that he kind of went for, and looking at the actor from the video game, and you can. Oh yeah, like it is pretty. It's not close. Like it's not exact, but it's pretty close. Yeah, um, I feel like Henry Cavill is doing a, a little bit deeper his voice and yeah. like a little bit more gravelier, but it is very much influenced by the actor from the games. <clears throat> um, but yeah, the TV show. Uh, we might avoid spoilers for that, but we'll just general sort of thoughts about what we've uh, seen so far. Have you watched all of them at all? Yes. You have? Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I watched it all in like two days. Yeah. Yeah. We were, I think the same thing. We watched it all in about three sittings or something like that. Um, so uh, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, the first episode is weird because the first episode I was a bit iffy about. Um just i don't know something to do with uh, sorry no the first episode i really liked actually yeah um i thought it was awesome so good i I love the opening of like introducing him you know as the witcher like this character getting to know him uh the fight choreography was awesome Um, i thought that initial fight that they you know the cold open fight i thought that was a little bit goofy if i'm being honest but uh like really i thought that because the the fucking tentacles I thought it was... Yeah, but it looked cool because it didn't look like a low budget, like, yeah. oh, we're getting one of these, like, a, we're getting like, um, you know, uh, when when you watch like NBC's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something, and it's like a low budget, like, Marvel oh, I, I show, just, and you can see like... I just finished yeah. watching... Uh, Inf- Inf- Infinite. Infinite Earth? Yeah. Crisis, crisis. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I've got a DVR. Um, I won't. I won't. So, I won't spoil anything. But yeah, but for the effects, there is there is a fight scene in it that looks like it's direct out of the fucking PlayStation One era. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. But at least like that opening of like, oh, okay, this is the caliber of film like uh, TV series we're going for. We're going to get like a high budget. Like they put a lot of money into this. That that's what I liked about sort of that opening shot. Um, but yeah, the rest of the episode I thought was really good. I, I, I like what they did with the character, the uh, the sort of like one one shot fight choreography that they did um, towards the end of that first episode was awesome. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. So I thought it was a fantastic like introduction to that world. Really, really high class like um, fantasy, like not holding your hands <laughs> into this into this world. Um, and then I sort of started to fall off around two and three when they started introducing um, other characters and sort of having it focus more on them. Um, so The Witcher is is not um, directly following 
uh, Geralt, Geralt is the main character. It's got the other two characters, so Yennefer and Ciri as well. It's sort of like the trio yep. um, sharing their stories. Yeah. And at that stage, I was like, I don't know if I like this. Like, I want to see me some Witcher, um, like doing some monster shit. Yeah. And, and then it really changed for me again. Then the next two episodes, I was like, I oh, don't no, Okay, I like, I'm on back on board with this. I like what they're doing. Um, there's a thing that happens in around heart, the midpoint where it really shifts up the tone of what's going on. And I thought that was really cool. Um, and then by the end of the series, I was like, yeah, I really enjoyed the arc of the three characters and what they did. So I started off being like, I don't really want to follow these three. Like, I just want it to be about the Witcher. But then by the end, I was like, actually, I'm pretty invested with the other. Like, I really liked what they do with the Yennefer stuff. Um, the series stuff can, you know, bit hit or miss, but, um, I really liked what they did with Yennefer and telling her like arc of the story. Um, yeah. So yeah, overall, I really dug it. My wife did not like the first episode. She was like, I think you can watch this by yourself. And then, um, and then basically we watched the second and third and she jumped she was like way into it. Um, right. And then by the, th- when it ended, she was like, are you kidding? They kind of dr- <laughs> like, where's the rest of it? Like I have to wait another year type thing. So yeah, yeah. she was like way on board by the end of this. Um, so yeah, I, overall, I, I really enjoyed what they did with it. Um, I know it's divided some people <clears throat> in terms of the way it sort of tells its story. Mm. Um, but I thought it was really interesting and great. So yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I did not like, like particular specifically i did not like uh one a narrative device that they used i don't know how to fucking explain it without spoiling shit i think yeah i think it is hard to talk about because it i feel like it is a huge spoiler um but because they try and make it it. i thought it was fucking dumb i thought it was explicitly fucking dumb and it was put in literally because they they lack the fucking faith in their own product. It is one of the fucking most cowardly moves I've ever seen in a fucking TV show. Uh, and it pissed me fucking right off. But like, even beyond that, even mm. beyond whatever it is I'm talking about right now, anyone who's watched it, I'm sure knows what it, what I'm talking about. Maybe doesn't agree with me necessarily. Most people don't seem as annoyed about it as I know I am. But yeah, like I, I know it, it ticked off a lot of people like you know they're vaguely annoyed by it i just thought it was fucking like really hurt the show for me beyond that though that fucking show needs it doesn't matter like by the end you've got a really good idea of places but that Mm. show needed fucking title cards to tell you where places were because everyone in that fucking show Oh, now we're going to go to... And you're like, what the... F- I, don't, I don't understand a fucking word they're saying. I can't fucking, like... Where are they going? Where are they now? What fucking city are they in? Because they all sound the same. None of them are spelled the way you fucking think. And you're like... I don't know. I guess they're back at the wizard fucking... I guess they're back at Hogwarts now? Just because all the yeah. fucking wizards around? Fucking, I don't know. It looks like a, it's a hall. It's a medieval hall. They're in a medieval hall, but now there's wizards instead of fucking... Uh, 
Dude's trying to bang Siri's mum, or whatever. Like, I don't fucking know. I'm out of fucking ideas. Yeah, they just needed fucking title cards. Like, I would go further, I would add one more thing, but I won't say what the fuck that is, because we're in spoiler territory uh, in, the, in that specific instance. But yeah, title cards, where the fuck they are, at the bare yeah. minimum. Because beyond that, right, like, I guess they, were, they figured, you know, people understood the difference between, like, King's Landing and Winterfell and... Because it's in the, it's in the intro. Yeah. It's, it's fucking spelled out for people. That's the thing, right? Yeah, that's what they like didn't showed. fucking... That's yeah. the connection that they didn't make. They're like, well, Game of Thrones didn't need title cards. Yeah, because it had it in its titles. Like, mm. fuck. Uh, but yeah, anyway. They have, in saying that, they I know they have released a, um, like a map or some sort of... Yeah. Um, like, interpretation of what that location looks like. I, yep. haven't, I haven't seen it, but... That's not part of the show. Like, it's not physically, like, in the show. It's just, like, a it's peripheral. side yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's annoying. Uh, but, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise like, I, get, I, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Because I don't, like, I don't, I don't understand where these places are and, and where people are in relation to other people. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was, yeah. I thought like it was awesome. Said, like, I loved it, except for that one specific thing, which showed me fucking nuts. Um, yeah. but, but the yeah. other thing that you're talking about which we're not talking about is I, I actually liked that I, I, I thought it was a cool moment um, like there's shows recently that have done like similar not, not similar ideas but have done like the twist thing where oh, you think something's happening but it's not it's something completely different I think The Watchmen is something that comes to mind where they have like a there's a moment in that where you realize, oh, that's this is something completely different. Like, oh, okay, fair enough. Yep. Um, uh, and so, like, figuring that part out in your head before they actually blatantly tell you what is going on. Like, you can put the pieces together. Like, when the thing happened, I was like, oh, this is this is what's going on. And my wife was like, oh, yeah, because they were referring, like, they're talking about this, this, and this. And, yeah, so, like, she was paying more attention to it than what I was fucking doing. Um, but at the same time, she was like, do you need to, like, are you, do you feel like you're getting more out of it having known the game? Like, are you understanding the plot? Um, and I think that's kind of what was getting her a bit. It was a lot, like, it was very full on at the start. Yeah. Um, and I obviously knew some of the characters and whatnot. Um, but like you said, like the getting a grasp of where this stuff is all happening would have been, um, maybe a bit more important. So hopefully, yeah, they take the feedback from yeah. this season and they they keep going because i think it's oh yeah a really good jumping off point uh yeah i'd watch I, I would absolutely watch way more of it heaps more of it uh, i really liked it um and yeah and i thought henry Cavill was amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yes uh, he's finally had a chance to do something that's really good because i think it's it's it was one of the top three shows on netflix for the year or something like right. that yeah and it was or forever um and it was only out for yeah <laughs> like two months or something couple, yeah a sixth of the year yeah. um that and look, he was in mission impossible just to fucking clarify he was good in that so you know don't yeah he was, i mean um, he's good in everything he's been in it's just generally it's most of the stuff is not favorably uh, like it's not received well and um, i'm saying mission impossible. mission impossible is fucking good okay so don't yeah but, but him as like a lead i mean okay okay fine yeah. um 
What was the? What was? The, oh yeah, I watched some other TV shows. If we're talking TV shows, real quick, watched His sure. Dark Materials. Uh, I've never hated anything more than His Dark Materials. Uh, it ends on a fucking bullshit cliffhanger, and I will not be returning for season two. I fucking hated it. I hated every single fucking moment of watching it, and I watched all of it. It is not. It does not usurp Bosch as the worst show I've always uh, I've, I've watched an entire season of. But it's fucking close. It did its fucking best. Uh, I think if it wasn't for fucking... If it wasn't for... What's his face? Uh, Lee, Lin-Manuel Miranda. It would have mm. it would have outdone Bosch. And I didn't like Lin-Manuel Miranda in this all that much either. Uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah. There's that. And there was... I watched Chernobyl. Uh, that made me cry okay. a bunch. Uh that was really, really upsetting. Um, and I watched uh, something else. What the fuck else was it? It's like it was very nerdy. What was it? What mm. was it? Big Bang Theory. That's what it was. The nerdiest show of all time. Only for real <laughs> nerds. You know, real nerds only apply. Please and thank you. Uh, no, what the fuck was it? Uh, this is going to kill me now. <laughs> it was really good. I think it was on like HBO or something. Oh no, yeah, it was Infinite Crisis, right? It, well, that wasn't on HBO. Yeah, um, yeah, never mind. Don't worry. It about just it. it just ended yesterday, right? Yeah, it only just wrapped up yesterday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been saving it. I want to watch the whole thing all at once. Yeah. Well, yeah. have you been watching the other shows? Oh no, no. I've only ever watched. Uh, I'm watching the last season of Smallville at the moment. Right. Um, but no, I've I've never watched uh, Arrow or Supergirl or I watched actually no I watched a little bit of Supergirl yeah um couple episodes of that but I'm not like up to date with whatever is going on I just hope hoping I don't need to be at that stage when I watch this thing good luck uh, I don't I I didn't watch any of the other stuff uh, any of the you know shows leading into it but uh, my wife has watched all of it. And she was extremely helpful because, good lord, uh, it would have been tricky otherwise. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, it was like it was good. It had good moments, uh, but yeah, it's it, it's confusing if you don't all right. watch all the stuff. It, yeah. Anyway, uh, so uh, there's that video good. games. Videos, games, yep. Uh, I might kick off, because I have something for you. Um, let's go back to The Witcher. Um, toss a coin to your Witcher, Job. That's oh, a good yeah. song. I did not like uh, Some news news broke while this, um, while this TV series came out that The Witcher 3 had surpassed its concurrent player count, which was over 100,000 people playing at the same time, which is more than what it was at when the game was released. Um, in 2015 and so it ended up being I think at one stage like the top it wasn't the top 10 it was about 6 on the list so up there with like PUBG and uh, Dota Counter-Strike um, uh, Grand Theft Auto those types of games and this was all like a resurgence from I guess the Steam sale but also the, the TV series coming out at the same time Uh my yeah. 
friends list, I saw a lot of people on my friends list playing this game as well. There were a lot of people in Discord uh, playing The Witcher, yeah. Like, it became very popular out of nowhere. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know if you remember, but I made a video (laughs) six years ago now. The one where you were wrong. No, five years ago now. Uh, Yeah, the one where I'm wrong. Uh, As thousands of people have messaged me to tell me. uh, And, uh, yeah. (laughs) Did that start up again? (laughs) Oh, 1,000%. It was fucking popping off. It was popping off. Um, Yeah, lots and lots of people coming in to tell me that they beat it on death marches, uh, which just isn't fucking relevant it's not relevant at all uh meanwhile anyone who actually listened to i got a got a message uh from ggg man lives uh the youtuber uh we play Mm -hmm. games sometimes and he's like i watched your video and you're so fucking right uh i thought i was fucking crazy and then i went and looked at the comments and what the fuck is going on like did any did anyone watch your video i'm like People watch your videos, okay, dickhead? They don't watch my video. They just look at the title and fucking pop off. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, I, I should I should look at stats, see how, like, how many minutes per view. Yeah, because yeah, that would be Because you can track that, yeah. I can. Uh, but at the same time, I don't want to. Um, actually, by the end of November, by the end of December... The comments had, like, swung back in the opposite direction. Ah. Like, they'd start, I started to get in a real influx of, what are you people talking uh, talking about? He's completely right. Uh, and, you know, why are there so many dislikes on this video? There's twice as many dislikes as there are likes on that video. Um, yeah. But I was considering just turning comments off. Because I was, I was getting seriously like five to six notifications a day uh and that's i only get notifications for like every two or three comments uh and i'm just like i just don't give a fuck i do not give a fuck like what i already re like refuted every fucking argument you you dumb fucking motherfucking ass is fucking making like but what's the, but you, what's the you point? should reply to them like I'm on the actual con- like reply back and be like yeah. you're wrong and that way they have to they get a notification they come back uh, to you and be like a click but yeah, see the thing is I'm uh, no I'm, I'm not partnered by YouTube so I don't make any money so I've got no incentive oh, to do anything I thought you were monetized I was and I got demonetized oh. so YouTube makes money off my shit and I don't make any money which is why I don't post stuff on YouTube anymore because it's fucking right. pointless you know points fuck youtube fuck youtube fucking mm. pricks anyway um yeah um so that was fun see it yeah the witcher ended up back on like the uh top steam charts uh and i was one of those assholes i jumped back into the witcher and i've put in about 40 hours of it since really uh since the tv show <laughs> yeah um i jumped back in i've been doing like I- i've been playing it a little bit differently to when i played it the first i've played it like through one time uh including the the blood and wine dlc Mm. which i think i reviewed i can't remember um or i did a preview for 
and um so i played through that and then i've played through like another sort of half time way back when and um but this time yeah i'm just sort of jumping jumping on through it again and doing like side missions and all that sort of stuff so i'm not just like mainlining it and uh playing a different sort of playstyle this time as opposed to the um like putting all my my stats into the combat um oh, yeah. so I've, I've sort of boosted up my my fast attack and my strong attack but that's about it at the moment so those two boosts just kind of give you more um more attack damage and this time around i'm putting a lot of points into spells and uh potions as well um so the first time i basically pumped a lot of stuff into fire and and combat when i played it and yep. uh, so this time a little bit a little bit different playstyle, um, which i'm enjoying so i'm using like the spells a lot more um things like the magic trap and the alternate sign modes which i don't think i even used the first time i played it so um that that stuff is really cool um just like the way that you can sort of change up your approach to combat situations with different types of play styles and whatnot um yeah so i haven't dabbled in the the potions as much i've sort of got like one or two points into potions but otherwise the majority of my stuff at the moment is into spell casting which uh, i have a lot of fun with and um yeah man that game still holds up it's been what 2015 so if we're going on five years now um the standout thing of that game is obviously the writing uh just like it's really good i'm still listening to all the writing in it um like i'll read everything like you know all the text on the screen talk to characters uh you know the stuff that isn't necessarily um like the 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 gate or the sort of like the gateway to like oh this will get you the next bit of dialogue like i'll do all the side dialogue and that sort of stuff because sometimes that opens up other dialogue options as well but like i'm not trying to speed run or anything like that i'm just i'm playing at my own pace reading everything talking to everybody doing side missions like trying to go through as much as i can and i'm, I'm digging it it's so good uh there's a reason why it was you know our our game of the year that year yeah um and you can see a lot of inspiration from from where sort of games have picked up what that game has done um red dead redemption in particular uh just in terms of like the way they did their stumbling across a thing like out in the middle of nowhere like you can see the influences of things like the witcher where you'll just come across like a broken down cart with a bunch of dead bodies and then you can use like your witcher sense to try and figure out what have what like what happens here and that'll trigger you know some sort of side quests and things like that um there was a mission i was doing yes oh well i was doing a mission last night and uh Geralt made a comment about like the smell in the area and like oh it smells like a deceased like a corpse or something like that nothing came up on my screen to say it was a, a quest or anything he just made this comment and so i stopped and was like i was in town and so i turned on like my witch's sensibility and started walking around and eventually found a corpse like in a bush yeah examined it and then that kicked off like a mission i'm like okay cool like that sort of stuff is that's yeah, pretty rad it's really cool um so yeah i'm again really enjoying it combat you know 
not great but at the same time um like i have fun playing it the way that i play it um which is a really really like slow paced uh using more all my potions and abilities and preparing for fights and that sort of stuff um they've fixed the movement <clears throat> in one of the patches they they made like an ultimate movement mode which um sort of leaned away from the slower like taking your time to walk and like giving him momentum when he moves around and i know that was something a lot of people really did not like with red dead redemption like the you know when you press forward it really takes him a moment yeah. to step forward or when you're trying to stop like it takes him a moment to really slow down and get into his position and when you're turning like it's not exactly a, a really quick turn you've got to really um you know it takes him a bit of time to do all this stuff and opening drawers and whatnot and that was something the witcher was doing and people didn't like and so they put in like this alternate uh, movement mode which allowed you to move like you would expect a you know video games to move back then um so at least it's still in there. You can kind of toggle between the two. I like it in the... Um, I actually like the ultimate mode a lot better uh, in saying that. So I'm playing it that way. Yep. Um, they obviously tightened up things like the combat. Um, made changes with the combat systems. Um, some of the stuff that they made changes to, which I really like, is the uh, crafting materials no longer take up room. So you're not really spending a lot of time micromanaging how much crap you've got and figuring out like what you need to sell um <clears throat> because that stuff doesn't take up any any room anymore whereas in the in the original like patch 1.0 like you're like all right well fuck, i've got like 10 uh 10 combs do i break them down or do i sell them like now it just doesn't matter you just kind of hold on to them and uh you can just run around as much as you want so the things that are taking up most of your space these these days are your your items like your armor and weapons and that sort of thing and you've got more than enough space to sort of deal with that um at long periods of lengths like occasionally you'll have so much crap that you just go back to town and sell it all or you junk it um or you dismantle it like they've they've definitely streamlined that a lot more and that's like one thing that I don't like in games these days. Like they try and go for this encumbrance system that is just finicky and it's not fun to play. Like I understand yeah. why it is there. So you're just not picking up everything. But at the same time, I want to pick up everything and I want to get like really deep in the crafting system. Um, and so that that is one aspect of the game that I've dived into a lot more this time because I'm able to pick up all this crap. And so I can be like, all right, well, I've got all this stuff. What potions can I now create and there's there's so many potions in the game um and so i'm doing a lot more stuff with the potions and you know oils for your, your swords when you get in certain combat situations and and a lot of that sort of stuff um i'm running one mod at the moment which is for the auto oils which will automatically apply an oil to your sword depending on what type of creature you're going up against or what type of creatures are in the area Oh, so, so you're cheating again. then? Yeah, I'm cheating. <laughs> just cheating. Speed, it just it just means I don't have to go into the menu and apply the oil or use the quick you know the quick bar depending on what I've got set to. Um, so that stuff is really handy to have as well. But otherwise, that is the only mod that I'm running at the moment. Um, I know there's a bunch out there, things like reshaders and 
unofficial patches um since the tv series come out people have been putting like you know you put henry cavill's face on like a face swap type thing um there's a lot of stuff out there that's really weird but for the most part um you know the practical stuff that i kind of wanted it as vanilla as possible you know like that type of experience so yeah um so yeah i don't know if there's much else to say about it but I, I can understand, like, why people are really playing that game now. Like, you want to sort of invest more time into that world and, and jump back in with those characters. Um, yeah. You know, I, I really liked Witcher 2 when I played that. It was kind of like a, you know... Witcher 2 wasn't a big game. Um, a lot of people played, and it wasn't until The Witcher 3 was showcased at sort of, like, E3. It really started to get people's attention. And so being able to to play like um, that game again and sort of experience that world and see things that I haven't seen before, um, you know, there's obviously areas that I've, I run to and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this. And then there's places where I'll do a quest and I'm just like, I have not done this quest before. Like, I do not, I do not remember this this part. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just just going through all those moments again is, is a lot of fun, and, and I think it uh, it definitely still holds up for you know if you want to go back and replay that game it, it it's uh it's not like one of those games where you're playing like oh this kind of feels a bit outdated like it doesn't really doesn't really work but because they patched it so many times and put in you know a bunch of features in there like quality of life stuff that make the game sort of easier to run um and for easier to play as a jump in and play uh yeah it's helped them a lot because it sort of extends that longevity of um you know being able to to enjoy that that experience for longer so i dig that game a lot i'm gonna keep playing it um i kind of want to i i think i'm gonna finish it at some stage um it's been my like i'll chuck like six or seven hours into it straight one day and just sit there and play for a bunch and yeah it's really good i've only just gone to like the second uh you start off in like the tutorial area in white orchid or orchard and then you go to the uh, sort of like the main hub, and then later on you go, you get the boat, and you go to Skellig, and that's where I've just gotten to now. Yeah. Um, right. In my forty-five hours or something that I've played, I don't know. I, total, I've got one hundred and thirty hours in that game across my other playthrough. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'll probably get to I don't know one hundred and maybe seventy-ish because I already had like ninety hours clocked up into it before right. i started this playthrough yeah um so yeah it's i'm digging it a lot it is very good and i am uh it's making me even more pumped for for cyberpunk um just because i want to see what they've taken like learning from that game and then how they're going to incorporate everything they've learned from it and then putting that into a first person rpg with crazy storytelling um because, yeah, man, I think it's going to be something special. I think it is going to be really good, so I'm pumped. I'm very pumped. I can't wait for the inevitable backlash from people who think some indie game deserves to be lauded more. Um, (laughs) Anyway, shall we talk about some other video games, games that came out within the last couple of years? (laughs) More games. Yeah, more games that came out in the last couple of years. Yes. Uh... Sea of Thieves. 
Okay, yeah, we jumped into CFDs. We played some CFDs. Uh, I had a four-person crew, uh, me, Nate, our mate Gerald, and you. Um, you were playing, I believe, uh, in my game. I was, I was the captain. Uh, so you were playing in my game. How'd you find the lag? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, we've, we've played before. Yeah, that's like, but like, it just reminds me of how good that fucking game. Like, the first thing I think we ever fucking commented on uh, before Steve Thieves was even out was yeah. that it was so good playing with people from around the world because you just didn't notice any fucking like network inconsistencies. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's such a fucking huge deal for like. I don't know, making making it playable to as many people as humanly possible. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not like a Twitch shooter or anything like that, so it doesn't yeah. really, you can't really notice it. Um, there's like stuff. Uh, there's you know moments where where lag could heavily impact hmm. your uh, experience, but it, it just doesn't. Like you know, there is PvP. It's it's not like yeah, it's it's entirely pve uh so yeah you could really feel the impact of lag and you just never do which is fucking awesome yeah uh, anyway we didn't we were i think the intention was to this this that's a you know, classic sea of these but yeah the intention was to do a, a specific tall, tall tale uh quest and we just never got around to it we played for like fucking three and a half hours and we never did the fucking one thing we signed on to do it's got kind of distracted going for all kinds of shit. Uh, we did an Ashen Skull Fort, uh, which yeah. was significantly fucking harder than, I guess, we expected, and uh, than the old Skull Forts. Old Skull Forts, you kill wave after wave of skellies until a names guy shows up, and he takes a bit to kill, and then you get some loot. Uh, that ain't the case here. Holy fuck. You kill wave after wave after wave after wave of skellies. And then you have to kill, like, multiple waves of named enemies. Mm. Uh, Like, multiple named enemies at once. Like, all this kind of shit. Uh, It's fucking hairy. I reckon if if a storm had showed up, I probably would have pitched that we leave. It would have just been too, too much hassle. Like, we already had one person sort of hanging out near the ship, or at least lingering and doing sort of peripheral support um, to to make sure that we didn't, like, get fucking ambushed by yeah, another boat. Mate. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, like, that was already happening, and it was fucking tough, and you'd duck in and help out a little bit, but most of the time you were making sure we didn't get fucked. Yeah, because uh, there was sh- a boat like off in the distance and it yeah. parked on the next island across yeah. from us. And I'm like, they're just going to sit here and wait. It was <laughs> like, for That's what we would have done. That's 100% what we would have done. Yeah. Um, and then another boat rocked up like right next to us from like, the other literally side of the parked, island. Parked in. And he just started helping. He, he started helping. He could have he definitely lit us up. Yeah. Uh, he was a single person sleep, so... He would have had a fucking rough go of it because we're also quite good at the game. But uh, yeah, he could have he could have had a fucking go. He could have just parked his boat and empty, like sunk us. Uh, he would have had a fucking decent run at it. Like, mm. it doesn't take that much to sink a fucking like you can make those big holes now. Uh, 
and set shit on fire. Like, big boats can go down pretty fucking quick, as I think we found out, right? Like, we did get sunk at one point. Yeah, uh, we did. That was mostly because Gerald. Gerald. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, um, yeah. So he, he could he could actually sunk us. I mean, it's it's way harder to be a single sloop, but there, like, if you know what you're doing, you can fucking do damage now. Especially and when three of us weren't on the boat. A parked galleon is like explicitly difficult to fucking deal with, like to keep fucking up. Um, you know, you can keep it up long enough for your teammates to spawn back in because that's only fucking fifteen seconds. Mm. Sorry, most people can keep it up long enough for your teammates to spawn back in because it's only 15 seconds. Gerald's can't, but most people, good players, yeah. decent players, average players, below average below players, average terror, players. <laughs> terrible players, however, they can't do any of that. Um, but yeah, no, we are, yeah, so uh, we sunk him. I just sunk his boat. I, I just didn't, I didn't need the psychic uh, trauma of having a, another fucking person nearby so uh yeah sunk his boat and then we killed him and uh sent him packing because get the fuck off you you don't get any ass shit we're we're doing this all on our own and we've been uh, doing it for a while yeah we'd, we'd been doing it for a while at that point um but yeah uh it was extremely lucrative lucrative like extremely lucrative uh in terms of uh what we got out of it um all kinds of like cosmetic bullshit and all that kind of stuff. You know, I bought fucking pets. I bought a fucking bird. You bought a fucking yeah, monkey. monkey. Um, yeah, just dumb shit, which is always the case. CFDs. CFDs is purely a game about the experience more mm. than the the destination itself, uh, which I guess is why I continue to get upset every time. Everyone says Death Stranding is 2019's game of the year because you know finally understand why they you know finally understand the meaning of the phrase the you know the journey is more than destination. Finally understand it. Like you fucking fuck. Are you serious? Play something good. Fuck. Anyway, so fuck Death Stranding. See if he's still great, and I would absolutely love to play it again. Yeah, they uh, they announced a, a new patch, or they they put a new patch out today um, oh. for it, which adds some new stuff to the game again: cosmetics and uh, oh. new rewards. Um, I think some new voyages as well. Cool. Um, and then the other thing they announced was that the game hit uh, ten million unique players. So I think it's the that's huge. The biggest new IP or something like that. Right. Um, can't really remember, but yeah, it's done really well for them, so it's good. Yeah, uh, they they did a fucking amazing job of turning it around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, should we keep going here? What else do we got? Let, let's talk about another game that people were adding to their game of the year lists. Um, the Outer Wilds. Oh, yeah. The Outer And it's not worlds. the Outer Wilds. It's just Outer Wilds. Oh, Outer Wilds. Okay, I'll get rid of that part. Um, get rid of the Lose the Z. So, yeah. Outer Wilds. Lose the I, uh, I checked this one out because um, yep. it was on a lot of lists. And Seems like it's your of, sort of game. 
It seems like it's... Well, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, really? I played about an hour of it. Um, it's a weird game, man. I, I like. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I needed to play it longer. Um, you kind of start off, and you're this weird alien creature. You are on uh, this this planet, and it seems like it's a like a tutorial area. Um, you're going from like station to station, picking up you know different objects, and it's, and it's kind of telling you how to use these objects. Or sorry, not even picking up objects. You kind of just got them on you. Um, things like radio transmissions and weird telescopes and whatnot. Um, and eventually you get in this museum and you're tasked with this job and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that whole area, it lasts like 30 minutes or whatever. And then you get on a spaceship and you start navigating to different planets. And, um, it doesn't really tell you what you're supposed to go out and do. You kind of just go out and start exploring and... Yeah, this is kind of where the game really lost me. Um, like, I've heard a lot of people talking about it in terms of it's a game about exploration and kind of just finding your own way out there in this solar system or this universe they've created. Um, and then piecing the story together yourself and solving puzzles and whatnot. And uh, so, yeah, I get on the first planet and I'm sort of just looking around and reading weird inscriptions and deciphering codes and whatnot and uh for whatever reason <clears throat> the um i don't know what happened to the planet but the the ground was shaking or something and then all of a sudden i was in space and the planet was gone uh and i don't know what what happened at that point i thought i glitched out of like onto geometry or something and then it flung me somewhere like i still don't know what happened anyway right. the planet i was on wasn't there anymore and i was just floating around in space and i did that for like five minutes while i waited for my character to die yep because i you, sort of you basically got like oxygen yeah. and, what, and whatnot um and i couldn't fly anywhere because the planet i was on was completely gone i wasn't anywhere near the planet anymore so i don't know what happened anyway so i the character died and then I went on, um, uh, it reset me back to the, the starting planet, but I didn't have to go through all the crap that I went through. I already had the, uh, the thing that I needed, which was the launch codes for the spaceship. So I jumped back on the spaceship, took off, and then went to another planet. And this planet was, um, yeah, not much else happened here either. I, I walked around for a bit, um, did some exploring, found some more weird writing and whatnot went through some teleporters and then eventually I think I jumped in a black hole that's what it looked like and then I was back out in space again mm-hmm. floating out in space near some rocks and then I spent the next five minutes floating around in space again uh, and then I quit right <laughs> that was my experience with the the out of wilds yeah man I don't know just didn't crank didn't crank. I don't know I was playing it wrong or something it's but weird yeah I feel like that first planet, something happened, or like I glitched out, and I don't know where the planet went that I was on, but it was not there anymore. Um, yeah, and then the second planet, I I guess I shouldn't have jumped into that portal that put me out in the middle of space. So that's it's always super tricky with games where you you know the you know the roguelike like experience where you know you're personal growth and character growth are very you know uh closely tied together because if anything does go dramatically wrong 
it can be very yeah. difficult to work out. Like if knowledge is one of your key takeaways, a key which is what that game is about, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if the game, if something goes wrong in the game and you learn the wrong thing, mm. it can be very difficult to come back from, uh, almost impossible to come back from. Which sounds like is the is what's happened here. Because I'm surprised because yeah. it definitely struck me as your sort of game. I, uh, you know, I actually wanky, bought it and I do nothing it. bullshit that you fucking love to tell me to play. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I actually bought the game on Epic Game Store and refunded it. Yeah, and, right. and, cause, and then at that stage, I didn't realize it was on Game Pass. So yeah. I've got it on Game Pass as well now. Yep. And I might get back to it at some stage, but my initial impressions of it. Not I've heard everybody I've yeah. I've heard talk to seems really good. Just yeah. the two lives that I had did not grab me. I felt like that first one must have been a bug or something because mm. a planet shouldn't just disappear. No, <laughs> with no. or at least at least give me a reason as to why it was something just, you could take from it. Yeah, yeah. Like okay, that all right. I guess I'm in space now, just floating around, um, and. Uh, yeah, after the, the then jumping through a portal or whatever and ending up in space again, I was like, all right, I guess we're back here. The, the thing was that, that really, like, it's not like I died from something. Like, I was just in space for five minutes because I couldn't, like, there was no, how do I kill, like, kill myself or reset or whatever? Like, I'm just wasting oxygen now. Like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just two, like, bad experiences straight off the bat um, where I was like, oh, I might come back to this at some stage, but we'll see. So, didn't get me, but maybe I'll get back to it at some stage and maybe it'll be better. So, that was my experience with Outer Worlds. Maybe you just need to wait until you've, you know, you go away from a game and you come back and you've got no idea what the fuck you're doing anymore. And you're like, I don't understand. And you come back and maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe you need to reset mentally. Yeah. Speaking of resetting mentally, uh, Slay the Spire... Mm. On to our next game. Uh, came out last year. Uh, was huge on people's lists. Uh, I think it slipped my mind for Game of the Year stuff. I don't remember if it was in my top five or not. But I think purely because for me, I you know, it came out in 2018 is when I played it mostly. Um, primarily because I didn't do a lot of trips in 2019. <laughs> but it, it was my favorite fucking playing game. 2.0, the patch 2.0 came out yesterday, and I've played the... F- I've literally put in another fucking, like, five to six hours since yesterday. Uh, two of them on my fucking Surface, because they fixed the touchscreen bug that had played it since it, it first launched. Uh, the touchscreen bug meant that you had to double tap to confirm everything. And it right. just didn't f- make it feel like a good fucking touchscreen experience. It was very fucking annoying, basically. Because um, it but, felt like a mouse and like yeah, double you, click. You, yeah, exactly. You had double click, but you were tapping. And yeah, it's a touchscreen. Like, fucking focus on. Um, but yeah, they fixed that. Uh, it's fucking awesome. It works really good for me. Uh, and yeah, they added a new character, which is like a spectacular. It's called The Watcher. Uh, she has like these stances that she enters and a good run sees you manipulating these stances. She's got like a, 
Wrath stance where she does double damage but takes double damage. She's got like calm stance where, um, depending on what, what you've got. In case you don't know, Slay the Spire is a roguelike uh, card game, basically, uh, which is sort of like adventure mode in, in Hearthstone, um, but good. And uh, like, when I say good, I mean, you know, Hearthstone's obviously balanced around the concepts of, you know, the PvP experience, the core Hearthstone experience, whereas Slay the Spire is balanced around, entirely around this fucking adventure mode, uh, and like, has been, you know, coming out for fucking two years uh, so, yeah, like, it's not a diss at Hearthstone to say that Slay the Spire is a good version of, of the adventure mode. It's literally created to be that concept, but good. Like, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, if, if you're more familiar with board games, it's, it's a fucking, it's a deck builder. Um, which is, like, that legendary game that we never played, but we unpacked and got drunk unpacking Legendary Predator. Um... Uh, and yeah, like you, you start off, uh, with fuck all cards in your hand. And as you move through this tower, you get more cards. And when you die, you go back to the start of the tower with the, you know, basic cards in your hand and you got to build again. And, uh, each time the cards you get off at a random and you got to build, you know, it's basically, you've got to analyze, uh, you know, the, I think the trap that I fell into for a long time was analyzing uh, what I thought I wanted and creating a deck that built towards that. But uh, what you actually want to do is analyze what you don't, what your deck needs and build your card to fix the holes. So uh, there, there are all sorts of, like, it's, it's very tricky to work out what, the holes in your fucking deck are when you're first starting out because you like with a new character especially because you don't really know what that character does uh, mm. but yeah i noticed uh i had a game just before we were we podcast this morning i basically woke up and started playing this and while you guys were playing PUBG last night i was playing this like I, i'm like it's the 2.0 update has fucking grabbed me by the nuts um but yeah, like for the first couple of games, I'd completely forgotten and I was like building towards certain things uh, in The Watcher because, you know, obviously I was still learning it, but even after I, I felt like I had a good handle on it, I was still building towards, oh, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a deck that does this. I'm going to make a deck that, you know, oh, I can, you know, swap between Calm and Wrath at any time or I can, uh, there's another stance called like Divinity, I think. Um, and to to get there, you have to get a certain amount of this. Uh, I can't remember what's called, like mantra, I think. And I'm like, I'm going to build towards having as much mantra as soon as possible, so I can have divinity. And divinity uh, allows you to do triple damage, and you don't take extra damage, but it only lasts for one turn. So if you can build up a bunch of divinity uh, in one or two turns, and then do triple damage and then build up again, then you can, like, cycle through a fuck ton of damage. Um, and, yeah, like, I was still building towards that one thing without, like, really paying attention to the holes that I had. And so when I inevitably failed, it was because uh, I wasn't able to soak, I wasn't able to 
deny damage uh, when I came up against a fucking this dude who had 999 fucking health uh, and he would do um, he would do damage based on like he would do increasing damage based on how much damage I had done last turn mm. and he would last he would die after five turns which I think is bugged because I had a card like I had a card that skipped a turn uh, but it didn't skip a turn for him which was annoying uh, so it put me straight in I was able to take another turn immediately but I guess it didn't count as one of his turns whatever anyway uh, so he would do increasing amounts of damage so I got my mantra up uh, I got my mantra up I skipped the turn uh, I did a fuck ton of damage immediately, uh, and so he wasn't able to do any damage on his turn, but the next turn, he did my entire fucking health point damage, because I wasn't built, I was built to fucking do, like, a fuck ton of damage in one go, and this dude had way more health than I could, like, possibly imagine doing, imagine doing. like, hmm. he's got more health than bosses do, um, and, yeah, like, the trick was he would die in five turns, but I had to actually last five turns, and my entire build was not geared around doing a moderate amount of damage, it was, so, yeah, I hadn't really built my, my, my way, I'd built myself into a corner, basically, and I hadn't really taken into account uh, what might come I've never seen that do before so I'm, you know in some ways it's not my fucking fault but like <laughs> yeah I, I had absolutely built myself into a corner and that was the mistake I made coming back and Slay the Spire was forgetting to not build myself into a corner uh, I'm midway through a pretty successful play at the moment um, I am definitely building myself into a corner again but I, I've recognised it which is, I think, the you know the growth pattern of one of these games is recognizing when you are doing something and doing your best to fix it. But at the moment, pardon me, I'm doing. Um, I've got this these cards that I mark an enemy with with uh, eight mark points, and uh, when they get mark points, um, anyone with a mark point when I use the mark card takes mark damage okay so I will put eight uh, eight points on someone it's really good on single targets it's moderately good on multi targets um, and it's, I put eight points on one person eight points on another and when I put the eight points on the second guy the first guy takes eight points of damage and when I put eight points on the third guy the first and second take eight points of damage but if it's single target I put eight points eight points and that dude takes 16 points and then I'll put another eight points and it takes 24 points and I'm able to like triangle number my fucking way up this uh, this eight point fucking damage scale until mm. like after a couple of hands uh, after a couple of turns I'm talking fucking I could actually do I could probably kill the 999 guy before the fifth turn was over I've got that many fucking these cards and I've got like other things that allow me to like power power up and increase my fucking mana and all that kind of stuff and yeah I've got a, like a, a lot of I've, I've got a pretty good like 
grasp on how this one's going to go. Um, I have no idea how Mark works uh, against this dude who does... Uh, like, if, if I come up against 999 dude again, I'm not sure if I'm able to... I'd be able to fucking do anything, but because Mark actually does the same amount of damage plus 8, I would be able to negate his strength buff provided I had an, another Mark card in the next turn. So, yeah. Specifically against that one dude, I'm pretty well off. Uh, it does the damage behind armor as well. Like, doesn't care about armor. Um, so... Like it's it's a good it's a good build so far. I'm not sure how I'm gonna fuck this one up. I'll definitely fuck it up. But so far I'm on third tier and like halfway up it. I uh, just beat an elite uh, and yeah I'm feeling pretty fucking confident about this run. Um, can't wait to see how I fuck it up. But uh, yeah, it's awesome. Like the new character is fucking cool. You wind up in these situations where you're just doing fucking dumb amounts of damage, like the kinds of damage that you never fucking did. Uh, with the other ones, or I never did with the other ones, um, because just because of the 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 crazy amount of ramp that this character has, this the ability to just turn it on uh, after a couple of turns, uh -huh. um, yeah, like she's got all kinds of fucking crazy. Just yeah, these mark cards are capable of fucking crazy mounts, doing double damage, crazy mounts, triple damage, and not taking extra crazy damage being able to like switch between wrath and calm uh is is pretty good you've got like these cards where uh they'll come back into your hand when you change stances uh so you enter wrath form. sorry you, you do four damage you enter wrath form and you do eight damage you enter calm form and it comes back in and it costs no mana to, to cast or energy not mana but it costs no energy to cast and so you can like it comes back out of your discard pile, back to your hand, and you're able to play it again. And so, yeah, you're able to like do if you've got enough fucking stance change cards, you can actually do a lot of fucking damage. When you exit calm form, you get two energy back as well. So you can actually like put together these massive fucking turns where you just keep fucking dumping. And you yeah. get some relics where or or powers where you know the more attack cards you play in a turn, the more strength you get. And suddenly, yeah, like, it's not doing 4 or 8 damage. It starts doing, like, fucking 20 damage. And then you just keep fucking playing it over and over again and building more strength and changing stances and, and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's really cool. It feels like there's no time limit on turns. So it feels like those sick fucking plays I used to see from, like, Hearthstone players where they do... That I do this and this and this and this and this and that person goes from like 30 health with 30 armor to nothing in a moment. Mm. Like one, one turn kill type shit. And you're like, that's fucking amazing. And then I go in, I go on fucking, go on the internet, go to half pwn, I download their fucking deck, I get all the exact cards that they've got and then I go out to do it and I fucking, I fuck it up every single time because there's a time pressure on, on me and I'm like, oh god, no, I gotta fucking do, I do this, and then I fucking, I do this, and then hang, oh, I've, I've played it in the wrong order, and I fucked everything up, and now I will die. And yeah, I, there's no time pressure, but at the same time, there's a lot of fucking, there's a lot of other stuff going on that increase, that, you know, increases the pressure on you, and forces you to make some really, you know, difficult choices. And yeah, anyway. 
Uh, it's a it's a killer game. It's definitely worth mm-hmm. uh, if you've got if you've got a fucking. It's the best playing game. It's flat out the best playing game. You will lose hours and hours playing on some plane, and it is so so just a one more turn type game. So yeah, it's it's worth checking out one hundred percent. Yeah, I just had a quick look. It's still on sale on Steam. Is it? Yeah, it's fifty percent off at the moment. Fuck. Um, Do it for the next eighteen hours. So oh oh. <laughs> Our uh, Patreon subscribers <laughs> will get this hearty recommendation, and I don't know if it'll be there for anyone yeah. else. I, I might. Otherwise, it. it's back up to full price. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, it's I, I, it's worth it at full price. I paid full price for it, and it's fucking worth it. Um, yeah. yeah. Don't know. It's got it's got a eight dollar fifty soundtrack that you can buy as well. Uh, right. I turn it with all. I play it with all the sound off, <laughs> so I've got no idea. <laughs> yeah. So um, as a podcast game, okay, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, that's that. Slay the Spire. Uh, do you want to talk about another fucking? Yeah, another game I didn't like. Uh, let's keep it rolling, eh? Um, let's go with Battle Chasers. Yeah. Uh, that's not the full name. Battle Chasers Night War. Um, did you ever get a chance to play this? This is the Airship Syndicate uh, RPG in the... Um, the what? Developed by the studio that made um, Darksiders Genesis. Um, so it's sort of like a oh. um, nice. THQ... Like old the old THQ team. Uh, fuck, what was the team's name? Vigil. Vigil Games. Right. They, they made Darksiders. Right, Joe Mad was creative director. Um, uh, Dark Siders, okay. and this is their first. I think, I think it was their first game that they put out um, under this new sort of studio banner. Um, right, and it's currently on Game Pass, and so I jumped in and check it out because I like all their games that they've made. Um, well, it's based on a Joe Mad comic book. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I th- I feel like this was a um, Kickstarter. Oh, okay. I'm just checking now. Yes, it was Kickstarter campaign. Because um, I remember, I, I'm, we must have talked about it. I'm pretty sure we did. Anyway. Um, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> it's a, um, mainly because of the combat. So it's an RPG game where um, it's the really weird mix of, of um, like this world map where you go from point to point and you can initiate these RPG style like turn based fights in and then there are dungeons uh, which are more elaborate like you walk around with this with a character and then you uh, you run into enemies and that initiates the, the turn based uh, combat system sort of like um, I don't know Final Fantasy 7 or, or like right. uh, old school Pokemon sort of thing um, yeah the biggest issue that I have with the combat is that I, the way the turn-based system works is you initiate uh, like each character's got like a I guess like a time of when they can attack or like how long it will take them to an, uh, initiate an attack and so that figures out like the placement of when someone's going to attack on your team to, and also when the enemies are going to attack um, and so it'll get to your point like oh it's your go-to attack and for the most part like if you're just a damage dealer you can do like a basic attack um, 
and then the character will you know attack but if you're like oh i want to do a do like a spell well then you look at the spell and it's like oh this is a slow spell or a medium spell and then that spell takes more time for them to attack oh. so it's your go but now it's like oh you've got to wait a turn oh so and it's then, like some initiative shit yeah but, and then so now all of a sudden like, like it's not like it's my go but because i want to do this specific spell that adds more time to my attack and so now i've been pushed down further in the queue and it's actually going to be my turn down here and i think that becomes a problem because you end up with situations where and this is basically why i quit um your healers just don't have the ability to heal um because by the time it's like oh i'm going to do a heal there's no point anymore because you you know you go oh, i want to heal and then they get moved down the chain all of a sudden the person you're going to heal has taken even more damage and so like you end up on this just downward trajectory of there's no point even like you're not out healing the damage you're getting you're just sort of delaying the inevitable um and you're kind of guessing like where you should put your heals into because oh maybe if i heal this person they'll actually have damage onto them or something like that um and so i just wasn't having funny any fun with that gameplay mechanic uh the combat system so um these dungeons that you get into are um sort of like roguelike dungeons where if you die during it you go back to the very start and you go jump back in and do it again and and i was like 45 minutes into this dungeon when i'm like i do not like this combat system like where it is taking me uh, with this healing stuff i'll get into a tricky a tricky fight and um you don't really know when you before you initiate a fight like what level the enemies are that you're going up against so you'll get into a fight and all of a sudden like oh these are level you know they're three levels above me okay <laughs> now i'm kind of i can try and flee this fight yeah. sometimes it doesn't work or you just try and fight them and right. if you die then that's it you're done um and that's kind of what happened to me i got into a fight where the characters i was fighting up against were way too strong um and i couldn't flee so and i'm just dying uh so that is the point where i put about 45 minutes 40 minutes in that dungeon and then it put me back at the start and i was like cool i'm definitely done with this game because i did not like the combat at all um i like the i like i like the idea of the combat but i don't like the the way it's sort of you know the the way the turn-based system works like if it was just a classic turn-based role-playing game where it's like it's your go what do you want to do yeah. if you want to attack or do a spell or heal or use an item um i like that sort of stuff but when you start putting like oh actually it's your go but you know this is going to take a certain amount of time for you to to do this thing you want to do and now you're going to end up moving down the chain on your go list and yeah. it's just too much to try and figure out in your head like all right where is it going to put me like where whereabouts am i gonna you know i've got to think like four moves ahead of where i actually am and i just can't can't be bothered doing that yeah. turn-based game um so it really like i like the art style i like um pretty much everything's got going except combat i just could not get into it at all so super disappointing um yeah so i uh i did that first dungeon i was like i'm out see ya <laughs> yeah okay. Fair enough. 
Mm, yeah i went through like a lot of games during the break (laughs) which is like all right this is where we're at (laughs) fair enough let's go um yeah so that was battle chasers night war Uh, but the rest of their games have been good dark side is genesis if you haven't played that definitely check that one out it's it's excellent i've got yeah i've got it i just haven't played it i think nate talked about it yeah as well right yeah um do you want me to keep going? Go on. The Untitled Goose Game. Oh, yeah. Or uh, as I think we I've called it this. before, the Overrated Goose Game. Overrated um, Goose Game, yeah. Yeah, this is the game where you're a goose and you are uh, doing puzzles and like you're given like a shopping list of things you need to do to get past the area and once you complete them, it sort of opens up a gate and you go on to the next section. Um It'll be things like, you know, there'll be a like a kid running around and he's got a pair of glasses on and there's glasses somewhere else and you've got to try and swap his glasses with the other glasses or make him do stupid things and and uh, off you go. Um, obviously, the game got a lot of attention due to its memes on the internet. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all it's got going for it. Um, it's a very it's basic quirky puzzle and, game, you know uh goofy and yeah i guess you know it hits it's hits a lot of the right notes in that it's you know uh i guess technically antagonistic uh but not violent so yeah like you know i guess it appeals to people who, who want their antagonist game without feeling like they're then gonna have to i don't know murder people with a fucking plastic bag like manhunt or some shit it's basically hmm. manhunt but you're a goose but you're a goose yeah um it's got a really nice art style great soundtrack um that sort of stuff but it's very one note game like the puzzles aren't hard you're kind of just doing the same thing over and over again um i don't think it's very long i didn't finish it i got like three sections in um i've got like to a bar area um i think that's pretty close to the end um i didn't finish it either i was gonna be bored uh yeah 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 so yeah i just got bored with it like it's very basic game um i think it's the overrated goose game because i that's exactly what i think i saw it on a lot of of game of the year lists and i think we talked about this it's a game for people that don't play a lot of games um but yeah like i i I think i get it right like i get why untitled goose game sits on game of the year lists more than i get why fucking death stranding does you know Mm -hmm. because at least untitled goose game has a direct appeal like it it's a little one nose sure uh but like i understand that why people like that note and i think it's only one note for people who like who have played a lot of games i guess as you're saying like uh, to your point if you're accustomed to the concept of the the puzzle game um you know i guess it harkens back to limbo or inside right like um these games where um the aesthetic becomes more important to people than the gameplay uh, and I can understand, I, I like, I understand that more than I understand Death Stranding, where you know at least 
Untitled Goose Game, while it is a little, becomes tedious, just like mm-hmm. Inside, just like Limbo. Um, what it, it isn't desperately long, and it isn't more of the same once you come back. Like it is largely functionally the same, but it is uh, like I guess uh, artistically different sure. when you come back to to try it again to play it some more if you come back after a couple of days you can pick it back up again and immediately get get back to what you were doing stealing hats or whatever but yeah yeah meanwhile death stranding this is this is this is what i'm going to do for 2020 every time i don't like a game i'm going to fucking compare it to death stranding and try to, to work out if it's worse than fucking death stranding yeah um the answer is yes but yeah, like Death Stranding, you come back and... Oh, yeah, you got to walk in one direction for 40 fucking hours. Like, hmm. yeah. Anyway. Um, um, fuck Death Stranding. So, yeah, like, like I'm not saying I don't like Untitled Goose Game. I'm just saying it is getting overblown in its praise. Like, it's, I think it's a very basic game. Um, I saw the GDC uh, awards nominations for that were released last week and it got nominated for I think four or five awards including right. game of the year um it's up against like Sekiro and Control and Death Stranding and then there's Untitled Goose Game which was I think is like a high 70s on Metacritic something like that um and even on Metacritic it wasn't reviewed favorably in a in a um a user review score which isn't to say much but at the same time that wasn't a game that was going to get review bombed so that's people's just general opinions i guess um but it was like it was it's been given like innovation awards and design awards and design awards i I understand innovation awards i do not but um i don't yeah yeah like i I think yeah like i guess what i'm getting at is there is something we said for simplicity in video games that Mm. we don't see a lot of and it seems like every time we do see a game that takes a great idea and just exploits that one great idea, it sure. tends to resonate with a lot of people, which I think is what's happening here. Yeah. And I think it was just overblown because of the, the meme factor. People were just posting memes about it. Uh, yeah. I can, I'm just saying that I think there are a lot better games out there that could have been nominated for that stuff or have done, you know, they're just better games like they're more fun games they're they're more fleshed out games um you know like you look at the the thing it's trying to do which is the stealth you know get a thing and do whatever you want with it is like done i think personally 20 times better in in the hitman games um just because it's surrounded by yours an assassin all of a sudden that's a bad thing um they just do like more interesting things with that game um yeah so yeah well like i've seen it done better elsewhere years and years ago that's just personally why I think it's been overrated. So yeah, I yeah. I mean, I played it. It's a fun game, but I, I wouldn't put it in that category of it's the the best thing that I've seen this year or one of the best things. It's just like yeah, it's fine, whatever. Yep. Um. Yeah. Uh, the other one I'll quickly talk about is Ring Fit Adventure. Um, sure. This was on. We were listening to a Giant Bombcast, uh, the game right. of the year deliberations, as I do at the end of the year. Who's and we? Um, my wife was oh. listening to it as well. Okay. And uh, they were talking about Ring Fit Adventure. Um, she thought it sounded really cool, so we picked it up. And I'm yet to play it. Um, doesn't work 
it does not work. Oh. It's uh, when I plug in my, like there's like a start screen when you when you get going and it's like you, you basically have to set up an accessory with it. It's like this, it's a ring that you plug the Joy-Con into. Um, and when I do that, it comes up and says, I need to update my controller. Okay. And then I go, okay. And it says, your controllers are up to date. And then I press okay. And then five seconds later, it says, you need to update your controller. Oh. And I go, okay. Right. And then it says, your controller is up to date. And I say, okay. Mm. And that's the game. I think I mean... Sounds sounds good. Have you Googled it? What was Google say? Is I've Googled it. Yeah, there was a um a thread on Reddit where people have said like they're having the same problem. Right. And uh the one solution was to buy new Joy Cons. Yeah. That's that's so, that's Nintendo solution to every Joy Con problem. Yeah, yeah. So I um I I hit up Nintendo support. Um and this has been going on for three weeks now, four weeks now, nearly a month. Um, right. Yeah, but maybe three weeks, yeah. And so the first time I hit them up, I gave the guy my serial number of the um, the unit. And then uh, and then he asked for my, um, he asked if I live in the US. I said, yes, I live in the US. The, the hardware is from the US. I bought the game from the US, like everything is in the US. Uh, and then he asked for my, Nintendo ID uh, and then I gave him that and he said I can't help you because your Nintendo ID was created in Australia and right. I said yeah but my like okay I said that's fine but like I've like I'm having a hardware issue yeah <laughs> um everything about the hardware is in a, is is in the US like I live in the US um my account has been changed to the US why do I need to speak to someone in Australia? And he's like, oh, because I can't get your information. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, and then so I uh, I quit that chat log and then I waited the next day and then raised another case with them. Um, and this time I was like, fuck it. If they ask for my ID again, I'll just create a brand new one. And it's not going to get like, they don't need my, like who cares where the fuck my ID was created or you don't need it at all. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and then this guy didn't ask for my ID. He started doing some basic troubleshooting. Guy sure. or girl. I think it was a guy. Um, did some basic troubleshooting stuff that I already tried, stuff that I hadn't tried. Like a, I already did like a system reset and all that sort of stuff, like a fresh, fresh whatever, same issues. Uh, and then he said, I've got to escalate the job. Um, but then in the same chat, he said that, uh, that someone may contact you, but they may not if they can't uh, figure out what the issue is. And I was like, no, no, someone is going to contact me back. <laughs> like, you need to, like, you, you can't say, oh, we're going to log a case for this job, but you might not hear back from us. I'm like, no, that's not how support works. <laughs> like, I'm, I have an issue and you need to try and fix it or give me some sort of solution. Like, do I refund it? Do you send me out a new, like, a new device or something? And I was like, I'll give you, here's my phone number someone needs to call me back like and let me know what is going on like do, if you don't have a solution then what do i do like what's the next step i hope you um like recording slash screenshotting all this shit because oh yeah i i've screenshot it like um and then so it's uh cooked it, it is cooked uh and then so i messaged them again yesterday because i hadn't heard back from them uh another week went by 
and asked if they had an update and they said um did anybody contact you yet and i said no and then well they probably don't have an update yet they'll only contact you if they have a fix i said can you check the, the case for me and so he checked it he said there's no there's no notes in the case um they don't have a fix yet i was like cool and that's where i'm at <laughs> with ring fit adventure so i've got um i've got about two more weeks left before i can refund it on um on amazon they do like extended holiday period refunds during Christmas so I've got a bit more time but so far Nintendo's support has been a bit shit as expected like it's kind of what shocked I thought it would be yeah um, I'm thinking of just mess- start starting a new case and being like send me some new Joy-Cons because they're drifting <laughs> I want some new Joy-Cons I don't know that might fix it That'd work, right? Like, oh, yeah, don't you free replace Joy-Cons? Well, mine are drifting for some reason. Mm. Uh, just fucking get a rubber band and hold it to one side. That, like, literally wears out those fucking shit-cunt Joy-Cons in a fucking moment. Like, that'll... Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. Modern <sighs> modern problems require modern solutions. Yeah. Um. So it kind of just puts in a contrast of... I've had issues with other console systems. Mm. I've had a... um. I had a PlayStation 3, I think it was, die on me. Um, and I got that replaced. The support I got from Sony was awesome. They basically sent out um, like a package to to put the the device into and then you ship it off. And then like a week and a half later, they shipped me the device back. It was fixed, like a refurbished or whatever it was. I've had issues with um, man, the Windows Store I've talked about on here before with like purchases not worked or things going wrong with purchases and like Microsoft support support has always fixed that sort of stuff. And then like Nintendo is just like, we'll log a case, but we may not call you back or <laughs> may not fix it for you. It's we'll tell you if we can fix it. Cool. Bananas. Okay. Bananas. I tell you. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was fucking, I've not played that game yet, which sounds like I'm not going so, to anyway. Are you li- living a new ring fit life or is mm. this... So did this win game of the year from Giant Bomb then or... No, no, it was just... <laughs> Part the of the 18 day, 64 hour deliberation process. Yeah, it was it was long. Um, yeah. Yep. Cool. All right, you want to talk about something? Um, yeah, let's do Remnant... No, let's do Trepang 2. Trepang 2... Uh, you can get the demo right now. I don't know if it's available to buy, but the, the demo is quite entertaining. Uh, it's being pitched as like a new fear, uh, like heavily inspired by fear. Uh, it's I, I think it's made by some sneaky fucking Russians. Uh, you can yeah get the demo free, uh, and basically you know it, it's it's a gory shooter got really good shooting um you can slow down time and uh all that kind of stuff and and like you know fantastic lighting and uh like a really good sense of the shooting mechanism like it really uh focuses heavily on a shooting mechanism and right yeah like it just it looks gorgeous uh gory and fucking terrifying and it's got that fucking, you know, the Matrix thing where the pillars fucking shatter, 
because you're in slow mo, all that stuff like fucking all these particles fucking fly off and all this brick and brick. It's control now. Control is everywhere. Um, okay, control. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's um, it's a really really good looking game. Uh, and yeah, hailed as as the 2019 fear. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out uh, at the very least if you like shooters because um, it's free first of all and uh, second of all it doesn't take that long to play it took me about fucking uh, how long does Steam reckon I played for uh, uh, one hour to finish mm. what they've got so far it's not a very complicated story or anything like that um, but yeah the fear comparisons I think might be a little bit much uh, for me fear the the real meat of fear was in its AI uh, and I think that topic may have been talked to death I don't know uh, if you've we've definitely spoken about it before uh, you know how like we've spoken about it maybe not on the podcast but uh, talked about it over drinks and shit because uh, there was that article series for a, a little while ago where the AI director went deep into how it was all smoke and mirrors I don't, I don't know if you remember that in particular but uh, basically fears hailed as you know the fucking evolution of the half-life uh ai because uh, it's got really reactive ai uh but yeah like they talk to each other and things like that yeah they talk to each other and they organize what they're going to do and they talk about where you are and, uh coordinate and find, like around that but apparently it's all like quite heavily trigger based um this doesn't really have that. It's got kind of just dumb AI. It's not really a diss at Trepang. Just, I'm just trying to frame the fear concept because for me, that's what made fear amazing. And I think it's what fear three didn't have for three or three. Yeah. Uh, didn't have. Um, yeah. It was like a ma- major missing point. It sort of focused on, you know, gory, goriness and horror and the shooting and all that kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. I felt like I never really understood what fear was about so I think yeah it's important to sort of frame it in that sense Trepang 2 I don't know if I don't know if there's a Trepang 1 um but yeah anyway you can get this demo it's worth checking out Xbox marketing bullshit right here (laughs) uh did did G-Man recommend this to you because he's got an excerpt on the um on the game page I can see I watched his video on it oh. after uh, I'd played it. Nate recommended it to me, and I think Nate might have had it recommended to him by G-Man. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I watched his video on it afterwards, and uh, yeah, like, he goes through it quite well, but I think you're better off just fucking playing it yourself, to be honest. Uh, it does, yeah, it does a lot of really cool stuff, and it's definitely worth checking out. Um, right. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not terribly difficult. I found, uh, but yeah, um, Trapang two worth worth playing, worth checking out. Uh, Shall we do Remnant from the Ashes? Remnant from the Ashes is a. It was hailed as like a Dark Souls shooter. Mm. Um, a Dark Souls shooter, uh, sort of, I guess in the sense that it's got it's got like a you know it's similar thematically to Dark Souls um, 
slight horror elements, um, massive bosses, like huge boss fights, and I think that's about it. That's really all it's got in common with. It's not like, you know, death doesn't really cost you anything, so there's nothing there, and, um, huh. yeah, it's not like, you know, the levels are, it's got some shortcutting, but it's far, it's much more Dark Souls 2 style level design than it is anything else, which doesn't make it not a Dark Souls, uh, it's just way, way further in the Dark Souls 2 direction than it is, like, you know, the, the shortcuts are very very simplistic like very short uh they don't really do that much um so yeah it's, it's mostly like it's you know i see the fucking similarities but i wouldn't say it's a dark soul shooter i don't know how you'd necessarily do a dark soul shooter it would be very difficult uh but i guess this is one way that you might approach the challenge with all that said, uh, it was a very fun game and I enjoyed my time with it. Um, I just, you know, again, I'm just clarifying around the the specific discourse that surrounds the game. You know, it's not a Dark Souls shooter. Okay? Just as Trepang 2 is in a fear game, this is in the Dark Souls shooter. Still good a good time. Well, well worth playing. Uh, I don't know how much it fucking costs. Uh, but I think it's on Game Pass, right? I think I've seen it on there. I think that's Xbox only. Oh, okay. Uh, $57. It's not worth $57. Uh, <laughs> I would not buy it for $57. I'll tell you fucking why. Um, but uh, I did get it. I think it was half off in the Steam sale. And it was, I would say it's worth what I paid. The $27, $28 that I paid for it. Um, it's a, yeah, very entertaining co-op shooter. It's built from the ground up for co-op. And, uh, yeah, it plays quite well in co-op, uh, because you, it needs, it needs the other person to be there to alleviate some of the tedium. Uh, there's, there's quite a bit of tedium in the way that it does these, it does the Dark Souls thing of having you reach a checkpoint and then, uh, run to the next area. Hmm. Uh, but while you're on, like, while you're, discovering the world uh you are very heavily incentivized to explore every nook and cranny mm -hmm. and that means a lot of combat and then a lot of running to the next like combat area and then they they are for some reason very stretched like very far apart far away yeah yeah and so there is there are significant like portions of just fucking running from one thing to another with nothing in, in between which is, is very boring and the combat isn't super challenging outside of the boss fights either and so in dark souls what you do is you would just sprint to the fucking boss fight right like you do you do the exploratory stuff you find your shortcuts and then you sprint to the boss fight and you get to the next fucking big thing right like you, you find what it is you need to to do like you work out how to beat the boss uh there's always a fucking checkpoint right in front of the fucking boss gate which uh i guess sort of mitigates the run back uh there's never i've i don't think there were ever there were never enemies between the boss gate and the checkpoint 
So it's not like they sort of got rid of that run back in particular. And in some ways, I think it led to, to maybe bad level design. Mm-hmm. Like bad design in the sense that if they had not put a checkpoint in front of the boss gate, they would have been forced to rethink uh, how they spaced the levels out because people, QA, like QA testers, would have played through the levels and gone, oh, motherfucker, like, do I really have to do this? Like, I'm just trying to fucking test this boss. Am I really going to have to fucking run, like, all this way again? Whereas in Dark Souls, right, once you've got the checkpoint, there's still a decent run back. Like, um, in particular, I'm remembering the, the fucking spider fight in Dark Souls 2, uh, which is a cunt of a run back. Um... It was a kind of a run back because I was I kept dying to it because I was trying to do I was trying to get the moonlight greatsword I think, uh, which you have to do like the alternate kill, on and uh, that was a pain in the dick. But anyway, um, yeah, like I kept fucking wiping and kept having to do that run back and it's an annoying run back, and uh, yeah, like it's annoying but it's not, it's never tedious, it's never boring. And this has quite a number of boring runbacks. Um, even though the checkpoints are basically outside the boss gate, they're not exactly outside the boss gate. They're always a little bit removed from it, which is very odd. Anyway, boss fights themselves were generally very good, I thought. I liked the boss fights. I thought they were good fun. Um, so that juxtaposed against the tedium of running to the boss fights, sort of like really clashed in my opinion uh because i think if they spent a little bit more time refining the level design it wouldn't have even been necessary right like the checkpoints themselves wouldn't have been necessary you could have just fucking belted it from the fucking the checkpoint back to the the boss fight itself ignoring all the enemies in between because the enemies respawn when you get to a checkpoint uh there are a number of checkpoints where the enemies can attack you while you're at the fucking checkpoint which is idiotic uh and again a mistake that i think is born of them perhaps putting checkpoints down without actually taking the level design into account right uh anyway boss fights really good like really good fun uh and uh yeah it's a really good game in co-op that i had a lot of fun with uh, i played through the entire thing with nate literally the entire thing we know we didn't do anything except you have to do the tutorial on your own but once once hmm. that was done um, yeah, um, we had a lot of fun, and like over the course of playing the game, I think I actually may have convinced Nate to play some Dark Souls because I'm like, oh, in Dark Souls this isn't happening. Uh, in Dark Souls this isn't happening. In this Dark is Souls a lot better in Dark Souls. Yeah, this is a lot <laughs> better in Dark Souls. Like, you, if you enjoy this, I think you would enjoy Dark Souls. Except um, the part with no shooting. Except That's for the part where there's no might. shooting, which yeah. is a pretty key Nate trait. But uh, yeah, like I uh, we were. Yeah, he also liked um, uh, Jedi Fallen Order as well. Yeah, true. So maybe That's I think yeah we were talking about that right. Like hmm. I think I think he would like a Dark Souls. He's just I think he's just convinced that he wouldn't. Yeah, uh, and it does have quite. The learning curve at the start uh like the learning straight walk the formula uh, yeah. yeah but um yeah uh anyway 
good fun. Really good boss fights. Um, the last boss fight is like straight up one of the worst in human history. Like flat out one of the fucking dumbest things I've ever encountered it's in a video game. Death Stranding. Um, yeah, because all of Death, Death Stranding was bad. Like all of Death Stranding was bad. So uh, that's a good, good question. I am supposed to be comparing all bad things in games to Death Stranding. No, so worse um, than the boss fights in Death Stranding. Worse than the boss fights. Well, yeah, because it's more tedious. At least the boss fights in Death Stranding broke up the, t- the tedium of the rest of the game. Whereas this was more tedious. It, it's seriously annoying. It's seriously a fucking bad boss fight. Uh, that we had to wipe on a number of times purely for ammunition reasons. Right. Which, not good. Not good. Not a good fucking... Not a good fucking thing. Um, I like... It might be worse than Better Chaos in Dark Souls 1, which is, in my opinion, the worst boss fight of all time. This actually fucking rivals it. Just in, sh- in terms of sheer fucking annoyance. Uh, at least Better Chaos is over quickly. This one takes fucking forever. Forever. And it's just not worth it. Like, it's straight up just not worth fucking effort. Anyway, um... So, yeah, terrible last boss fight. The rest of them were really good. Um, some really, like, interesting things in the mix. We played on default difficulty. Uh, we probably probably could have gone through it on harder. I think we only wiped repeatedly on... Outside of the last boss fight, which we wiped over and over and over again. Um, because you literally have no idea how to fucking... Like, this thing has fucking 40,000 health. And... Your my my beast gun was doing, I think it was eight damage. Like you do no damage to this fucking thing. It it took fucking anyway. Um, outside of that last boss, uh, we only wiped it like on a couple of the bosses uh, until we worked out the trick. Um, I think it would be more difficult if we weren't both very competent shooters. Um, but yeah, I had a sniper rifle. Uh, that did a fuck ton of damage and yeah on on any boss that had a weak point uh it was over very fucking quick uh and on any boss that didn't have a weak point once we worked out the rest of the trick it was generally over pretty quick anyway Um, the weak points like uh glowing things on something (laughs) or you just kind of uh, no, you just get like red. You see red damage. You like you see the damage pop up. So when you see red damage, you're like, oh, weak point. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, like fucking hell, man. Uh, that last boss fight. Woof. Uh, the rest of it pretty good. Not a lot of replayability, which I think is a bit of a shame. Uh, I don't know what you do, but we didn't max out our guns. Uh, we didn't get to like level twenty on any of our weapons or anything. Um. A little bit of a shame, I think. We never even got the materials required to get past, I think, level 15. Right. So I think you only get that on higher difficulty levels. But the higher difficulty levels only seem to increase health pools and damage done. So it's not that interesting. Like, 
I, I didn't find it. And there wasn't enough, like, loot. It's the Diablo system, right? And it's even got an adventure mode, like Diablo 3, but there aren't enough, like, there's not enough gear in the game world to incentivize you to chase that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, that's not... I, I feel like they fundamentally didn't understand that either. You know, like, it feels like a game where they saw a lot of good ideas and tried to implement those good ideas but didn't get you got to go back a few steps right when you see a good idea you got to go back a few steps uh to work out like if you're making a fucking like when i'm fucking about in the kitchen right and i'm Hmm. trying to make my wife doesn't uh my wife doesn't eat pork and I try to make ramen, right? I want to make tonkotsu ramen. And we had chicken tonkotsu in Japan, essentially, which uh, tonkotsu is the very thick uh, pork-based broth uh, that you have in some ramens. We had chicken tonkotsu when we were in Japan. And so uh, I went down the rabbit hole of trying to work out how you would make chicken tonkotsu and there's not a lot of resources out there to really elaborate uh, or uh, um, tell you why or how you do it. So I had to do it myself. And what I wound up working out is the reason tonkotsu is the way it is is because they boil the, the bones right for long enough that uh, the, the fat and cartilage and bone marrow and everything inside of the pork bone breaks down over the course of the boiling you keep topping it up with water and uh the the pork bones themselves actually break down and so i did the same thing with fucking chicken uh chicken stock like it's basically like making a chicken stock and then going fucking 16 times further with it uh to make it the chickeniest chicken stock ever until like the and it's way easier it's actually a lot easier to fucking chicken because uh, chicken bones break down a lot faster and so yeah you know I, I I went back I went back further I didn't just be like well I'll just make fucking chicken soup and put some ramen noodles in it right that's not chicken tonkotsu I went way deeper into it made fucking and I boiled fucking chicken carcasses uh, for six days to make chicken tonkotsu it's too much effort Oh, it was a fucking ton of effort. Um, oh, I went even further. I made like fucking. I made. I rolled. We rolled chicken up so that we can make you know char shoe the pork bits they put on top of. We rolled that up so it looked like char shoe. We like sous vide that. We went fucking way, way overboard with that shit. But it fucking worked, and like it, it was very, very, very reminiscent of the stuff we had in Japan, right? That's how. That's what you got to do with these fucking. Uh, elements in games you can't just be like well they've got shortcuts in dark souls we're gonna have shortcuts you know and i guess if we've got shortcuts in our game then we have to have a reason for the shortcuts so i guess we make our fucking levels real big right Hmm. and that's what that's what it feels like they did And, and instead yeah they didn't really like they didn't go far back far enough to work out why the shortcuts actually exist uh and like the sense of progression like like causal progression that the shortcuts in Dark Souls levels create, or you know, 
oh well um, we want replayability so let's add a adventure mode like Diablo 3 and people can, like people can grind out the the rest of their fucking upgrades but without realizing that you know if you've got an upgraded weapon you're heavily disincentivized to try other weapons hmm. uh, and also you, you like you've used your upgrade resource on that weapon so you're specifically invested in that one weapon you're like you're not going to try other weapons out uh and so yeah like a you specifically disincentivized to try other weapons out and then b they didn't add enough weapons to make you think about trying anything else out either you know like they they've got these ideas they know what they want to make they just don't know how they should get there right or, or yeah why they're doing it. <laughs> why they should yeah why they want those things yeah they know what they want they just don't know why they want it yeah hmm. um I, it didn't really like yeah it's hard for a game that is you know heavily co-op dependent it can be hard to distinguish between what was fun and what was fun because it was co-op uh, i think we run into this fucking challenge all the fucking time but uh yeah i think renman is good in co-op specifically and it is good for reasons that are not directly co-op related but i would not play this game solo because it is created with co-op in mind so sure yeah uh like it's balanced around co-op there is one boss that i think would be fucking near impossible to like seriously fucking rough uh solo because it is a fucking clusterfuck uh so yeah it'd be a proper challenge i'm sure people have done it uh but it'd be a fucking rough go um yeah anyway that's remnants from the ashes has it uh made you more excited or are you uh less excited for elder ring now that You've played I this. keep forgetting Elder Ring exists and uh, seeing how George R. R. Martin is involved, I am not holding my breath on it coming out anytime soon. Oh, uh, no, it's it's supposed to be out in June. Yeah, I have zero faith it's going to make it. We haven't seen anything on it. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, that's not, how, that's not how they fucking release games. Uh, the, the Rumblings is uh, start of February. We should really? get a reveal and then a June release. Um, there was a leak last year on either Target or Kmart um, that said it was coming out in June of 2020. And then over Christmas, uh, From Software did like a Christmas card um, on their website or like a personalized Christmas card. And you could choose some of their games. And one of them was Elden Ring which will be released in June. Like, it's on their website. <laughs> you can go look this up. Uh, so, right. Yeah. I mean, it, obviously, game release dates change, but there's a bunch of... I mean, it's on their website. It says June, so we'll see. Um, but uh, I'm definitely interested to see what that is because there's a lot of a lot of talk. I mean, people have been... There's rumors out there that it's going to be, like, their biggest game they've ever made, things like that. Um, so... How we shall see. That is biting off a fucking lot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um all right, what else do we have that we can talk about? Let's go going? for Die Hard Board Game. Uh 
played the Die Hard board game. Uh, I was going to play it on uh, on Christmas Day, uh, but we got way too drunk to play it on Christmas Day, so it didn't happen. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun, but it's uh, I, I guess it's not it's not a complex game. It's actually really simple. It's just there's a lot involved. Right, like it's it's quite easy to understand. Mm. It's just there's a lot to get started with, and then there is a transition phase where it changes, and then it changes again, and so that's kind of tricky to, uh, I guess, wrap your head around when you've been drinking these fucking. I had these fucking beers that were fucking like two beers a can, like. Uh, the percentage of alcohol is fucking oh. insanity. <laughs> uh, the fucking I got ripped on fucking three beers. I'm like, why am I so fucking drunk already? And I had a look at the fucking can. I've already had a fucking six pack. Uh, like in the last half an hour, I'm like pounding through them because they're tasty. And I'm like, I'm fucking wasted. That's yeah, because I had a six pack in half an hour. Um, Anyway, so I was too drunk to fucking go through Die Hard. But uh, a couple of days later, uh, we rolled on down to the brewery near me, uh, Akasha Brewery. And uh, they got a, you know, a tasting area. Uh, but it's quite, it's like just a sort of, it's part of their warehouse that they're not using. And uh, so they got tables and stuff. And we just sort of set up the board game at one of those tables and uh, played some Die Hard Blue game. And it was good fun. Uh, it's it's a really good fucking game. Um, my wife, we played four play, person Paper Scissors Rock, and uh, she won, so she got to be John McLean. And uh, it's one person plays John McLean, three people play as the terrorists oh, slash nice. thieves, and uh, yeah, the game goes through basically takes you through the course of the Die Hard film, uh, and it's got stuff like that is specifically tied to the film like John McClane has these incentives uh, that they have to work out to like that they have to accomplish um, these objectives that they have to accomplish that are tied directly like find a radio or get some machine gun get some shoes that are too small yeah and yeah (laughs) find a machine gun Um, and yeah it's um it's it's really cool. Uh, my wife won uh, as John McClane. Uh, we probably could have stalled it out, but it seemed like it was a bit of an inevitability. She got there's there's a bit of RNG uh, in her objective system. Like she can take uh, like John McClane could take a number of like draw like drawbacks. Basically, uh, can can fuck up uh, and take a couple of hits uh, that make things quite a bit more difficult. Hmm. Um, but she somehow fucking... She's got the, the luck of the draw and that never happened to her. And what happened instead was she blitzed through her second set of objectives like in record time like way faster than we could have done anything about it mm-hmm. like and yeah we just basically we got a bit unlucky as the thieves and it meant that she was 
like into the, the third act, uh, the third her third set of obje- objectives, and we were like we hadn't accomplished anything in that previous one, and you need you need to be accomplishing shit. Like while John McClane is going through his objectives, you need to be accomplishing your own. The thieves need to be accomplishing their stuff. Um, at the same they're time, a, they're Robin. Yeah, exactly. So you've got like so the thieves' like primary objective obviously is to kill John McClane, but that's extremely difficult. Uh, their secondary objective is to open the uh, six locks on the safe, and then. Uh, the seventh lock won't open until John McClane's third set of objectives, right? Um, so you have to, but you want to have those six locks open by the time John gets to the third set of objectives. They get more and more difficult uh, as you go along. You can sort of just like have a punt, but yeah, it's like largely what, what you're trying to do is when you complete an objective that slows John McClane, uh, it helps you unlock the locks as well so you've got like this balancing act where anytime you're slowing john mcclain you're also helping yourself but if you never fucking slow john mcclain if you never slow that cunt down you are fucking way behind and uh yeah it's difficult to come back from so uh yeah she blitzed through her second set of objectives and we just fucking couldn't catch up uh and yeah so she won uh, but it's still rad. Uh, we couldn't play again because we were too drunk again. That's the problem, right? It's, it's again, like I was saying, it's mechanically quite simple, but there's, there's, there's stuff to it that makes it uh, challenging to sort of reset and start over from. Uh, and after, I don't know, fucking five or six points, it took us took us uh, about an hour and a half to, to play. Um, it would go faster the second time, but uh, yeah, like I'd say it's probably an hour-long game, hour and a half for the first time. Um, but yeah, the fucking... That fucking... All those points, man. It's just, I don't know. That's the, always the challenge with board games is you drink while playing them and eventually you get to a point where you're just not in any state to play the board games because... Generally, board games require you to do a lot of fucking maths, internal mm. maths of your own that video games do at a computer level. And yeah, Die Hard is a little bit of that. Not a lot, but a little bit of that. And so yeah, it makes it challenging to play when super drunk. Totally worth it though. If you can find a fucking copy, it is fantastic. It's two play like you can play a two player. Um, it's probably a bit easier as a thief in two yep. player because you get to decide all of the stuff on your own whereas uh, in four player there's a little bit of the that like you're allowed to say vaguely what you're doing but you're not allowed to say exactly what you're doing type thing uh, so yeah there's a bit of that going on in four mm-hmm. player that wouldn't be there in two player because you have complete control but yeah anyway um, yeah totally worth it Great game. All right, Underlords. Um, been playing a bunch of Underlords because uh, obviously Game of the Year podcast, a lot of them over the, the holiday period. So I was playing that while I was listening. Um, a bunch of updates oh, went out during the Christmas period. There was about maybe seven or eight different patches across from like the 
18th up until last week or so. Um, really big patches um, as well, which has changed the meta quite a lot. Um, the the big one just before the, the Christmas period was uh, basically removing, removing the jail system, which yep. means that what they're going for now is more like a seasonal-based hero rotation. So um, they'll kind of like have a pool of characters and then every couple of weeks I'll just switch them in and out. Um, I guess so that it sort of allows players to get more familiar with the hero rotation, kind of figure out builds and whatnot. Um, I know that's something you were complaining about or criticizing. Yep. I don't know if I agree with it. I kind of like the fact that there was like this really quick rotation of people not being able to kind of figure out like what are the best builds and then just kind of forcing that every match. Uh, maybe the the rotation just needs to be longer, like a. That's what a I, week. that's all I wanted. I yeah, yeah. I just well, I didn't even think like a week. I just think thought like a couple of days at least. Yeah. 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 Um. So they yeah they're going to this seasonal rotation thing they're doing. Um. The other change they made was the, they removed the creeps, which is good. Um. No more creeps anymore. In doing that, literally, literally what you said needed to happen, and then they did it the next day. Yeah, it was and they got which, which weird. basically fast tracks the first three rounds almost instantly because yeah. you're now given a bunch of money, you get characters to pick from, and off you go. You don't have to play those three rounds, and then also the creeps in between, like the intermissions, uh, they're gone completely as well. You're just randomly given items as well this time, uh, which has sped up the game a lot. I think it's dropped from like a 45 minute sort of average game down to about 30 minutes maybe less Um, so that was one of their big things they wanted to do the other change they put in there was the Underlord's selection is now during the game um, as opposed to pre-game so you can sort of build towards um, you know like oh I've been given these characters let's try and do something else with them like oh I've gone Assassin's Savage or something like that so maybe I'll do um i'll do uh you know i want attack speed on my characters or maybe like i need a tank so i'll get i'll get a tank character or a healer so you can kind of build around that now which is a good change but in saying that they've um they've removed like the progression system in there so you're no longer being you're no longer picking skills for these um underlords every couple of rounds you're kind of just given a random set um which I guess it fits into their like RNG system of like, oh, these are kind of characters you got to try and build towards. But at the same time, you're now randomly given an underlord. Well, you're not randomly given an underlord, but you're randomly given a skill set for that yeah. specific underlord. So one round, it could be like, like a, um, you know, where she puts like the golem, the healer uh, in the back line, or it could be like now she's like a, you know, does the healing instead. Or yeah, it's mm. or, or like, um, She'll be able to kill like a unit on your team and switch them across to your team, um, and like you're just kind of given a random skill and you don't really know. So I don't like that part of it as much. Um, like you kind of just forced to go down a specific route, and whether or not you kind of want to do that, it's not really up to you anymore. So I don't, I don't really like that change. Um, and then along with that, they've done a bunch of uh, changes to the heroes, um, buffs, things like that. Uh, the other big one that where they've done is um, the interest now only calculates from 30 up and that's the max cap so it used to be 50 before so every round after um, 
whatever you've got, you now earn interest, but it's a lot less interest. So they're kind of trying to speed that up a little bit as well. Um, and in doing that, yeah, man, I just like all these sort of little changes that they put in there at the end of the year or, or in the last sort of three weeks, um, some of them been good, but for the most part, I don't like the meta at where it is at the moment. Um, right. It really forces you to um, play the game very differently. Uh, I'm finding a lot of the rounds that I'm getting to at the end, there aren't, sometimes there aren't even three-star heroes on the board um, for the people that are winning. Uh, it's very rare to have more than right. two that I'm seeing. Um I wasn't enjoying it at all. Uh, I've basically been playing knockout for for the most part, and occasionally I'll jump in and be like, "Maybe I like, maybe I'm missing something. I just don't get it. Whatever." Um, it's just they've made it a lot harder to go for like three star heroes um, because the pace of the game is so much quicker. Before you could be like, "Oh, I'm going to get a three star like level one hero," and you could sort of work towards that because it's been so much quicker now. And if you're sort of leveling up so much quicker, getting those three stars really early is is a lot harder. So, you know, you're trying to get three star heroes, but at that stage, you're like, you're being given level three and four star heroes. And so you're like, we well, you might as well just switch them out. And um, so that incentive to go for those really low three star heroes is just, it's not worth it anymore. Um, yeah. Mainly joined to the fact that you can't spin as much anymore, like spin to get those heroes because you're getting less interest. And so you might be like, oh, I'll spend... I used to sometimes go in the old meta, I'll spend 20 gold and then we'll see where I'm at. Maybe I'll get my... where I, You know, the characters I wanted to, to sort of go for. But at this stage, um, in the meta at the moment, like you spend that 20 gold and you are basically back to no interest. <laughs> like, all right, well, I guess I'm back to, you know at that spot again and it doesn't take too like a huge amount of time for you to get back to where you were but it's maybe three or four rounds and because the rounds um or the games are so much shorter that's a lot a lot of time for you to sort of waste um and so i'm not i wasn't playing very well at all like i didn't understand what i was supposed to be doing like i couldn't get into it i was either um i wasn't winning any games i was getting sometimes in the top four and then just getting destroyed other times i was just getting flat out smashed like i just was not having fun um yeah and i was like i must be missing something there's something going on here i just don't know what it is so i went and watched a streamer who was a um uh, like one of the top there's like different rankings in the game and he was like one of those top ones and i watched him for about three minutes in total to see yeah. what the fuck he was doing mm. and within three minutes i was like oh, okay this is the meta uh, and the meta is fill your board with units from what I gathered watching this dude because uh, he was basically just he wasn't even spinning he was just leveling every single time so he would get right. to 10 units yep or he was he would you know get his go he wouldn't spin to try and get another unit he would just put points into uh, experience uh, he was at the top of his experience pool uh, yeah, so right. I was like okay well because that's not how I was playing I was kind of just watching where other people were and like figuring out maybe I should level now um, and sort of trying to keep in line with the pack of when I should level or when I should spin. Um, yep. And this guy was just like, he was always above everybody else by like at least one or two levels. Um, so I jumped back into my first game and I think I came second immediately. And then I played the right. next game and I won. 
<laughs> so I've played about four games now, and I've I've been in the top two, like three or four times. Yeah, right. Um, and I've won I've won a couple of games now. So the meta seems to be just stack as many units on the board as you can as quickly as possible. Uh, right. And I'm just basically ending the game as quick as I can now. Yeah. Just to force the game to be over. Um, mm. I don't like it that strategy at all. I think it's boring. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I've the, the two or three two games that I won. Um, I didn't have any three star units. I just had two star units, but because I had two more units more. than everybody else, yeah. they couldn't do much. Um, yeah, and I just don't like that meta. So I'm hoping they change it really soon. Uh, there should be an update. Um, in the next day or two. And then we'll see where we're going because it sounds like they're gearing up towards the start of season one uh, next month. So they're still definitely tweaking things and they might go back on some of this stuff. But yeah, I'm hoping that they uh, they sort of figure out this where this interest is at because I think the interest part has been a big detriment um, to where the, the game is. I think that's a big problem because I feel like it should be about trying to get some of these heroes like you try to you're trying to work towards that stuff that's what the game is about um you know i, I used to finish games before you'd see a bunch of people with three star heroes sometimes five or six maybe more um and now i'm lucky if i can see two on the winning team so yeah yeah i just don't i just don't like where it is at the last sort of three weeks um for the standard game but like knockout i still love playing knockout so much fun really quick like five minute games yeah. Um, and you kind of just get what you're given and try and build towards like those synergies and those alliances and um, having a lot of fun with that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's, I'm I'm definitely like not out of playing it. <laughs> like I still, they haven't fucked up the, the other mode that I like, um, yeah. which is cool. And obviously yeah. played a bunch of duos as well still, but um, it seems like standard which I played a lot of is not my jam at the moment. Um, I can I can definitely jump in there and just grind it by doing this sort of cheap trick that I've... Like, I don't know if this is the way everybody is playing, um, which yeah. it didn't seem to be because the, the games that I'm now winning, like, nobody is anywhere near my leveling, so, like, how quickly I'm leveling. Um, yeah. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, it's still it's still fun. I'm hoping that they figure, figure it out at the start of uh, the next couple of weeks. But, yeah, that's just kind of the, like some of the nitpicks I've noticed. Um, so some good changes in there, but I just don't like the way the game's playing at the moment. So it's a bit a bit crap. Yeah. I'm guessing you haven't played any at all? No, I, I didn't play it. Uh, I, I played it when they first implemented the elimination of the creep waves yeah so it was about yeah. around the 20th maybe just before just, we recorded yeah i just wasn't having fun yeah um i've never really liked knockout it's not auto chess to me it's some weird perversion of the concepts uh it just feels too rng heavy so I, uh, yeah uh i don't want to play knockout and i don't like what they did to the regular game so yeah i just didn't play it basically mm. um yeah oh yeah um anyway I'll keep playing it hopefully they sort it sort it out in the next couple of weeks but otherwise that's Dota Underlords what cool. else is there 
you, I think these are all your games left. Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, been playing more Siege. I love Siege. Uh, I don't think there's that much to say. I, they're bringing out like a new limited time event, the stadium map. I don't know why they do limited time events. Um, like, why make a big map and then never use it again? But whatever. Um, yeah. Just uh, want to shout my love for Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, because, yeah, it is it is good fun. Uh, the only downside that I have uh, for it is that I keep having to play fucking Yacht. Which is the worst map in Rainbow Six history. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's about it. I don't know. I just really like it. I have a lot yeah. of fun. Um, um, we had it in news. We may well talk about it here then. Uh, the sure. uh, Six Invitational is happening uh, I think next month. Um, yeah. Soon. We, Real soon. We've got uh, two Australian teams that have made it through to the event this year. Yeah. Um, the first one being Wildcard Gaming, and the second being Fnatic, who are on their fourth year straight, I think. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Have you seen uh have you seen the draw? No uh uh yeah, I'm looking at it now. Fuck. <laughs> Group A. Oof. <laughs> I don't know. Fnatic did, did not draw a good group. Group <laughs> D's pretty bad too. They've got G2, yep. the winner of last year. No, G2's awful at the moment. They are the invite, direct invite. But, uh, yeah. Group, I mean, yeah. yeah, you can't rule them out. They've won twice now. Oh, absolutely. But they're on. They're well on. The, they didn't qualify. <laughs> like they M- didn't. Empire's a tough group because obviously it's Empire. Um, um, is FaZe good? Yeah, phase phase are good at the moment. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that's a nightmare. Group A is a nightmare. Group D gonna be tricky, um, but it's okay. It's okay. Reciprocity, they can get got by wildcard. Wildcard's on a having a bad run though. They're they're not having a good time at the moment. Um, yeah, they dropped to Kanga. Um, earlier this week so mm. and like tied to other teams like I can't remember their name but some like some rando team like yeah they have they've, they've been not doing well but uh, hopefully they can turn it around get something going before the big one uh, when is it the Starts on the seventh of next month, so not quite a month away. Yeah, finals are a month away. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess we'll see what happens. At least the Australians aren't in the same yeah. brackets, I guess, where like one of them will get knocked out. Um, hopefully, they Very both make true. it to the main stage. But hopefully, um, yeah. Hopefully, we get to see that. That'd be cool. Yeah, Fnatic played uh, really I, good in the. Um, yeah, they look fucking well informed. The Asia Pacific Pro League final, they would, they would. If Wildcard and Fnatic were in different, if if they were in swap spots, I would, I would be certain, I would like one hundred percent guarantee Fnatic beat Group D. Um, but 
I guess, yeah, like like you say, G2, you know, they are former champs. They do have something to prove. They might have a bit of a chip on their shoulder, so they might come out fucking heavy hitting, but yeah, I don't know. Group A is a fucking nightmare. Hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, and Dark Zero as well is a fucking nightmare. Like, it's just a fucking, that's just rough. It's just rough, man. Poor Fnatic. Well, you gotta beat everyone if you're gonna beat anyone. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, um, what else is here? Starcom PUBG. Nexus. Oh, PUBG. Do PUBG first. Been playing more PUBG. I still love PUBG. Uh, yeah, having a good time with it. Been playing with you across the fucking, across the Pacific Ocean. Uh, it's good fun. It's weird how much more people will listen to you than they do to me, because I'll say things, and nobody will fucking listen, and then you say things, like I was listening, I was playing Slay the Spire last night, yeah. and uh, and you were IGLing, you were in-game leading, yeah. and everyone was doing exactly what you fucking said, and or large, largely what you said, and then you could hear, I could hear when they didn't do what you said, because they would die, and you'd be like... <laughs> We should have done this. And they were like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, I'll be like, oh, yeah, we should do this. And then nobody will do that. And then I'll be like, we should do it on this. And they were like, nah, I don't know. And then they fucking argue with me about it, even though I'm objectively right. I'm always right. And, uh, yeah, it's very, very aggravating to me. But, you know, don't worry about it. It's fine. Whatever. Um, had a fucking cracker of a game the other day on Erringal. Uh, that was an absolute clusterfuck. I had was, I was playing with the third person crew. They play first person now. Uh, I've managed to to turn them to the light side, uh, yeah. but yeah, they, they play uh, first person now, and um, we're playing on Erringal, and we must have spent, I would say, fucking fifty percent of that game in the blue, like just we would get in. We like we had the fucking roughest of starts. Uh, we managed to get sort of in, like we we got to Yaz. The circle sort of hovered half over Mill Island, half over Milta, um, but we were like pretty committed to Yaz, uh, and yeah, we had to like we had to find our way out of Yaz. Like everyone, we there were three teams in Yaz. We had to fucking like battle our way out of Yaz Niall Poliana top northeast of the fucking map like fucking grit and grind our way through um we did we did okay we get like we got one kill couldn't find a fucking car in Yaz uh the the other two teams like abandoned they didn't like stay to fight they just took every fucking vehicle in a fucking 16 fucking kilometer radius and uh, got the fuck out of Dodge. Uh, so, yeah, we like literally had to run out of Yaz. Uh, the next best option. Uh, so the next circle guaranteed that we didn't have to go to Mill Island because we probably would have fucking quit if we'd had to go to Mill Island. There was just no way we were getting across it. Um, just re-queue would be faster. It'd be, a, you know, as opposed to swimming through the blue for the next fucking 40 minutes. Um, but, yeah, so... Ended up on this side. We're guaranteed on this side, but it was still fucking a while away. Uh, and yeah, we're just we're running in the blue, 
for a minute. We finally get a fucking vehicle. We drive for, I don't know, maybe fucking 20 seconds? Hmm. And we get immediately fucking jumped on. Uh, we take... We have to stop, like, stand and deliver because we lose, like, one of our uh, two vehicles loses its uh, wheels. We had two buggies. Uh, we had three players. So, uh, yeah, we had to stand and deliver to give the other person some cover. Because the other, the team that jumped us, they had a vehicle. Um, but, like, we'd only just gotten into the, like, we'd just gotten into the fucking white zone and we managed to heal we got these vehicles we drove for a bit lost a vehicle the blue was coming in behind us as it was and these guys this other team stopped in their fucking vehicle to try and fucking start some shit so we fucking capped them we fucking blap blap this is just outside of fucking school apartments so while we're fucking blap blatting these cunts we start getting fucking done from the other fucking direction like they're not in the circle either. The circle is over on fucking, like, pushed all the way over. It's definitely a milter, milter power ending, right? This like the circle is fucking ages away. These cunts aren't, they, but they they're like, oh, let's try and get some kills. So they're fucking black blapping at us. We had to run into the smoke. Luckily, the dudes we killed had a fucking UAS. So and they dropped smoke so they could res one of one of their cunts that we'd fucking ripped up. We run through their smoke like loot just to get medical supplies at this point. We don't even have time like no time to actually loot. We're still under fire. We have no idea when the smoke is going to disappear. Uh, we get in this fucking you as we drive. Uh, we get fucking lit up another three times. Just trying to get back into the circle. We loop all the way around. We stop at a fu the those houses that are just west of... Uh, just east, sorry. Just east of pr prison. Um, you know, prison has got the, that little cluster of houses. They're only just in the circle at this point. Uh, and by the time we get there, we stop. We have enough time to fucking heal at this fucking little location. Uh, and... Uh, and then we have to go again. Uh, I think at this point, um, JC, Trigger, in the fucking third-person crew, he didn't even have... I think he, he didn't have a vest uh, or a helmet. I think he'd lost it in the fighting. He didn't have something. But we couldn't stay and fucking loot because the circle had already closed... Like, was already closing. And we didn't... Like, our choices were stay and loot and try and get a fucking helmet. Or, like... At which point we then have to use what little heals we have left. And I think we had five fucking bandages between us. No boosts left. So we would have had to, like, bandage up and go into another fight without any fucking health. For the chance of finding a fucking vest? Yeah, it was definitely a vest. Um, or, yeah, or we just fucking bust into the fucking, into the zone. We beeline for Bilter. Because we decide, obviously, we're not going to fucking risk it into the blue zone. Uh, we did hit... We took some blue damage anyway, because fucking JC took his time getting to the fucking car. But anyway, um, take some blue damage. We bust in the middle we're like, we'll, we'll loot. We'll, like, maybe we can get a vest here, right? At best, we're probably going to get fucking shot. Our car is on about a fucking... A car is smoking. It's on like a quarter, da quarter health left. We fucking ball our way in. 
under fire the entire time. Uh, we're getting fucking sniped at from every fucking angle. Uh, and we managed to get to a house. JC gets his vest. Uh, we had a fucking uh, energy drink. We managed to, like, heal up a little bit. None of us is at full health. Uh, I was I was just shy of it because I, I had to bandage and then drink the energy. But the rest of them were just down on fucking blue damage. Like, maybe 90% health. And, uh, yeah. We're, and the circle fucking keeps squishing us in on Milter. And as we, like, but it's never on us. Like, the circle didn't... We weren't in the circle. I think until the final two circles. We were not in the next circle hmm. until the final two circles when the amount of space left made it basically an inevitability. But each time... So we were on the fucking far eastern Miltar and the, the final circle, which we had to fucking... We had to fight through Milsar all the fucking way to the other end of this fucking city. The final circle was on the fucking warehouse in Milsar. You know, the warehouse at the far west of Milsar. We had to fucking bust our way all the way. And it was... So the, sorry, second final was on that warehouse. Half on that warehouse and half on that fucking giant open field next to the warehouse. Mm-hmm. And of course, we were naturally on the open field side of the fucking warehouse and uh, the only other team left as far as we could tell was when they had the warehouse so we had to cross this giant fucking open field to get across we got unbelievably lucky in that one of their dudes dropped a fucking smoke at one end of the warehouse <laughs> so I pitched the smoke at the other fucking end <laughs> And belted across to the warehouse, because why the fuck wouldn't you? Uh, and yeah, we managed to get into a position where I had one angle off the warehouse. Uh, I believe Frud had the other angle. So we were like flush against the fucking warehouse wall on the outside of it, wait, watching both directions. And uh, Trigger, JC stayed on the outside of it uh, in, a, in an area that was not great circle-wise, but, uh, like, had a little bit of cover. And the next circle went our way in that it pushed out of the fucking warehouse, and we won. We had those dudes fucking sweet, uh, because they had to come out of the warehouse, and we had fucking every single angle covered. Like, they just had no fucking hope. They, that, that one fucking smoke basically cost them that game because if they just held the angle uh and waited for us to enter that open field uh there was like a tractor's like jc's uh bit of cover was literally big enough for one person while still being in the fucking circle uh yeah like we were fucked and we won it uh jc won it with a fucking grenade into the warehouse uh, which was pretty cool as well. Anyway, it was a fucking cool game. Um, hairy as fuck. I think we got like it might have been thirteen kills as a three man team. Uh, we just fucking ripped shit up. Like we're just hitting our shots and yeah, it was good, good fun. Uh, but yeah, it just felt like we should have lost it so hmm. many fucking times and we just got fucking lucky, which is cool. 
yeah. Just cool that PUBG can still do that kind of shit. Yeah. Anyway. And that's it. That's yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I played a little bit like over PUBG. the last... Um, and yeah. Um, they're starting season six soon, I guess. Tomorrow? Uh, a new map? Are you there? Hello? Oh, you haven't spoken in so long that my headphones turned off. Ah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. Um, <clears throat> no, I think they're starting that uh, next week, 20th? Season 6? Right. And it's got a new map. Yeah, so that's in the test server now. They've they've added a bunch of new stuff. Um, a new 2x2 two two map. Yeah. Too small. Yeah, they've. Uh, I think I wrote here. They have PUBG have lost the plot. Um, mm. I don't have the patch notes up, but I can bring them up. Anyway, it's a two by two map. Um, the new the new changes that they've got in there is destructible environments. Um, yeah. So that includes buildings being able to be destroyed. Uh, they've got wall penetration in there now, so certain. Um, but basically, like Rainbow Six Siege sort of wall penetration. Um, being able yep. to shred parts of the wall and create holes in the environment. Um, they're adding in uh, hatches into the game or like destructible areas in certain parts of solid walls where you can create uh, like entry points or even like uh, entries between different types of levels. So very similar to Siege. They used Siege in their, um, their patch notes. Uh, so that's kind of something that's new that's in there. Um, they're adding in... Uh, it's not in the patch notes at the moment, but it's it's coming. Uh, RPGs as well. Like yeah. rocket launches into the game. Um, yeah. A new black zone, they're calling it, which is basically the red zone, but it will destroy yeah. uh, areas. Buildings. Yeah. Like buildings. It'll kill buildings. Um which is probably I like I don't mind that it's it's basically what the red zone should be, uh, but I think it should be a called in device as opposed to random, um, and it should be on every map as opposed to just one map. I think this is my biggest problem with these changes is that they've they can't get a grasp of what they want this game to be, and so instead they've got maps and each map has their own like thing that they're doing. Um, and so I don't like like the direction they're taking this game for the updates. Like, oh no, this map is going to have this type of weapon or or mechanic. Um, or these maps have gliders in them. Or like, just if they're going to, if I think if they're going to put destructibility into the game, it needs to be on across the whole game and not just like certain maps um, or certain map in particular. I think it becomes really hard for new players or newer players to get a grasp yeah. of what's going on. Um, like, oh, is this a wall I can shoot through? No. Okay, uh, is this a wall I can shoot through? No. And like, it, like if you're a brand new player that gets into this game and you're playing that map in particular and you're getting shot through walls and then like trying to take that knowledge into another map but not being told that like that's specifically only for that map. Like, you don't know that. The game doesn't tell you that. PUBG yeah. is just about like dropping in and learning the systems and if every map's got a different system to it it's going to be extremely hard for people to learn the game uh, and I think it's detrimental to your player base uh, PUBG's already got an issue with their player count dropping like excessively 
every every month. I think um, this month and last month is the first time in a long time that they've had player increases. Uh, but but since then they've had player decreases to the point where they're at the lowest player count since before the game launched, um, yep. officially. And so yeah, I think this this uh, mindset of putting in updates in the game that only affects certain levels or certain missions is a mindset that needs to go. It's not helpful at all for players. Um, and it's just like a weird implementation of like you're patching or implementing ideas just for one section of the game. And that's it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't like, it. I don't know what your, your, your thoughts are on that, but it just really bugs me that they're doing like a, it feels like a half-assed job. It feels like a, you know, a typical PUBG half-assed job they're doing. Um, I think I think it's a testing ground. Uh, I think you know doing destructibility over the uh, map the size of Miramar is probably uh, something they're worried about performance wise, and so they're testing, they're refining it on something the size of I don't know a smaller Sandhog. Is it a smaller Sandhog? Is Sandhog two book two? No, Sandhog is four. Yeah, it's four smaller than Sandhog. Yes, yeah, smaller than Sandhog. Uh, they, they're doing this so they can scale up from there. But I do, I absolutely agree that uh, it is a mistake to, yeah, to implement something as fundamental as uh, as wall banging uh, on one map only. I don't know about, like, I don't have a problem with fucking gliders on other maps. Yeah. Uh, being on only specific maps, I don't have a real problem with that. But yeah, wall banging is a pretty huge deal. Um, and like players who can wallbang, um, I shared a video on my Twitter uh, of me hitting uh, someone as uh, Carly mm-hmm. in um, in Rainbow Rainbow Six Siege. She's got this fucking sniper rifle that can shoot through multiple walls, and if it hits uh, the body, it's an instant down, like every single time. Um, and the idea I was going for with like with her is that the location I was aiming at is a very common hiding spot mm-hmm. for players. It's a very common angle to hold uh, for players in that server room on Kanal. Uh, so the idea I like I was going for was that if I just fucking have a potty at that corner there's a chance that someone will be there and I might get it down. Like, because it's Carly, I might get it down. Uh, and, and it'll be a, a really, like, a, a good opening somewhere. Obviously, the reason I shared it is because my fuckwit Ash teammate wouldn't get the fuck out of my way. But, yeah. like, that that sort of map knowledge, that sort of fucking aware, like ability to predict that sort of thing. I remember the very first fucking Rainbow Six video I ever made was me thinking I heard something on a window outside and so popping a fucking bullet into the window barricade and getting a headshot kill, right? That's the very first rainbow thing I ever shared because it was so fucking rad. Like, just fucking bang through the fucking window and someone dies, right? Like, that's fucking amazing. But, you know, it rarely happens anymore. It really changes the way you think about a fucking area because yeah you don't have 
the hardcover is a fucking huge deal, right? Yeah. And if you don't have it, it, it basically turns every fucking building into the equivalent of a fucking bush, an outside bush. Yeah. And so it radically changes how you think about a game of PUBG. And so I don't think you can implement it on on a small scale without it being still fundamentally uh, like massive on such a huge huge level hmm. but yeah I, I think oh, yeah. It, it encourages uh, camping a lot more with um, <clears throat> like being able to hold a house and then also putting like peak holes in certain parts oh, yeah. of the house like it's already hard enough to infiltrate a house in that game. Um, I'll be I, very interested to see how, like, whether or not, because I don't know if you've seen, uh, I'm sure you have. Uh, I think you've watched more Rainbow Six Pro League than I do. But, uh, like, the the new meta is those bullet hole peaks hmm. where they're not, they're not even doing the full bash anymore. They're literally just putting a single fucking bullet through. And yeah. because of the way light propagates through certain areas, they can see that, light change and these yeah. fucking warband cunts right like um yeah that's gonna happen that's coming 100 percent uh yeah it'll be very interesting to see how quickly that is, impacts um pubg because it gives yeah it gives embedded players a huge fucking advantage so yeah uh i, I do think it's gonna encourage camping well, it's going to swing the favor, uh, swing the advantage in in the favor of players who get the circle. Yeah, um, but at the same time, they've introduced C four into the game, which will give, I guess, players that are stuck outside of that area an option to dismantle that house and like, all right, well, you're going to camp in that house, then I'm going to blow your house up. Or, yeah, um, which is another thing why I think they need to make um, this black zone uh, an item, a really rare item, yeah. and yeah. like an airstrike you can call in. Um, I don't know, maybe a flare gun or like a just make it a grenade or something. Uh, maybe maybe it's just a a smoke grenade with with red smoke or something. I don't know. You throw it at the area, it marks the area, and then that blows up. You know. Um, the location because i think at the moment it's just like a it's just it'll it's like a red zone basically but it'll just sort of pick random locations and destroy that so i think that would be an interesting change to sort of de-emphasize like at least it gives the players that are attacking an area something but also that is maybe too overpowered at the same time like i don't know it's it's hard to say like if if the radius is too small then can you just like camp outside of a building and throw it at another house and just wait for them to fucking leave and then just ping them all it's really hard to to balance it just makes me wish Firestorm hadn't shit it or wish yeah. DICE hadn't shit the Firestorm bet because yep. all of this already fucking they'd already worked it all out <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was it was in Firestorm all this yeah. stuff um, but yeah I think there's an inter- interesting changes in this 6.1 patch 6.1 6.0 what are they going for um but I just would like them to decide, like, what is this game supposed to be? And I've seen complaints um, from from PUBG personalities and pros talking about, like, uh, like, hey, I like um, 
you know some of the ideas here but at the same time it's like why is this map so small it's not a 100 player map anymore this one's 64 it yep. feels more like a team deathmatch game not a tactical game um yep. like this isn't a game that i you know I, I signed up for like where's my giant big sprawling maps this is <laughs> you know completely different um yeah and they, like this map in particular there's only a, a very few amount of locations that are named locations that have a substantial mm-hmm. amount of of um plays uh, sorry places that you can loot um and so it kind of seems like they're forcing you to land in those locations like if we were to drop uh anywhere in that map it seems like you're instantly in a fight and again it's a, it's a game about rng right um you, you you probably just get the luck of the draw like if you land in a house that has no <laughs> um like no weapons in it then you're in a lot of trouble and again like this is going back to that game but like oh this map has a certain like uh loot like spawn count they're doing and like this other map is completely different to this map and this one's got more ars like just fucking pick something just give me loot and make it work properly like they seem to be tweaking every single map individually and people that's like not what people want they want to land in a map and be able to get a gun um like we were playing miramar the other uh yesterday and i must have went through a dozen houses and i i left miramar without a gun that i wanted because every single house had a shotgun or a winchester because they buffed they put more winchesters in the game and i'm like i don't want a winchester like give me an ar that's not what i'm here to play Oh, it's you miss like, out if you're not walking out with a Winchester though. that thing fucking wrecks I know it wrecks but I'm playing with 180 ping like, and I don't yeah, want Winchester yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah I want it yeah yeah um, yeah I, I don't like I just don't I, I'm looking at this map I'm looking at it now right uh, on, on the patch notes and I just don't know where a squad would fucking land and have any faith that they could fucking like outside of the name locations I just like yeah there are some name locations where I'd be like, where do if I go? you landed here alone, you might not walk out with enough fucking gear. Hmm. Right? Like, if you <clears throat> if you landed a cargo ship with a, four, a squad of four, right? If that is the same size as the cargo ship on fucking Sandhawk, you are not getting enough fucking gear off that fucking boat. Uh, because there's barely enough gear for two people on the ships, on the boats, on uh, at docks on Sandhawk. Right, uh, barely enough. So yeah, if it's the same size, you're fucking, you're never getting enough loot for like a squad of four. People are walking out with nothing, hmm. uh, or yeah, like so. I just don't understand. And like you can effectively go anywhere from the jump. Their description is: Karakin is a two by two island. Off the coast of northern Africa, it's an arid, rocky environment that provides wide open terrain and challenging engagements. It's small, fast, and dangerous. Expect the tension of Miramar combined with the pace of Sandhawk. That feels like their mission statement. That feels like they're fucking, this is what we want. We want the tension of Miramar and the pace of Sandhawk. And it feels like we're going back to fucking Remnant thing, where they don't understand why one is the way it is because I don't think you can have the tension of Miramar with the pace of Sandhawk because the tension of Miramar hinges off its the pace of Miramar right like so yeah you don't have the tension of Miramar if it has the pace of Sandhawk hmm. you get to fucking you pick one motherfuckers you don't have 
You don't have both, right? Unless and it feels like they fundamentally misunderstand the fucking nature of their own fucking game. Yeah, and then they're, like, they're removing. Yeah. Well, now they're saying they've got too many maps, and so they're removing maps from the rotations now. Um, yeah. So Vikendi's been removed. The the last map they released has been removed from the the, the pool at the moment, um, yeah. which is a weird choice. I, I like Vikendi. Um, I don't know where they're getting these stats from. If it's people joining games and then leaving because it's there or like, I don't know what it is or it's just like uh, I know in some of the bigger regions you can actually choose what maps you want to play um, yeah so maybe that's what it is but for maps where you get like randomly given a map it's it's now gone you're still playing custom modes and whatnot yeah um, but for the most part they're getting rid of it it seems like they're going to tweak it but yeah Fundamentally, again, I think I've, I've disagreed with the way they've handled map selection. Anyway, I don't think you should be able Me to choose on maps you want to play. Just play the fucking map you're given. <laughs> I will quit Sandhawk every single fucking time. We we just drop, like, we hot drop in Sandhawk. I don't even like to do that. It's still a fucking, it's still a 60 minute wait until the fucking server's ready to go and then another 60 seconds. Like, fuck that shit. Just a hot drop? Fucking. Like, we fuck usually Sandhawk. win though. That's the problem. I posted... <laughs> Yeah, we win the high drop. Yeah, that's fucking infuriating. <laughs> um, the I post I posted a thing and like so many pro players like agreed. I posted like the sad face whenever you get Sanok, click mm. the bad experience. Posted that and uh, on my Twitter and so many fucking pro players agreed. People don't like Sanok, but like or people who like are good at PUBG don't like Sandhawk uh because it's not the, the PUBG experience like they they like it for what like I, I know a lot of them like it for what it is like the pace which is which is yeah but it's not the PUBG experience they, they don't like it for the PUBG experience they like it for something divorced from the PUBG experience fuck it fuck yeah because I think the problem with Sandhawk is you stand on a hill and you look, or you stand in a location, and you look around, and it's like I can get shot from fucking anywhere. Like, I feel like I can get pinged from every single place I'm standing at. There's like no yeah. cover. Yeah. Um, but I like the pace of the circle and that sort of thing. Keep things moving. Man, I don't know about you, but rounding up some of the guys, like we were playing yesterday on Miramar, and they were looting outside the spawn zone for about I don't know a minute and a half or something. I'm just like, let's go. Like, what are we doing? Why are we still looting? Are you, get crazy? you got no idea the third person crew loves looting I think they're playing a looting game and occasionally there's some shooting yeah whereas it's I'm insane. like I'm looted up let's go like you guys I'm looting this town by myself and I finished the whole town and there's three of you looting one area and you're still going like what the fuck what are you doing over there this is insane let's go shoot some people that's what we're playing the game for yeah um, anyway I don't think we can not talk about PUBG without, without talking about our, our win last night um, which you were not in. <laughs> you were, you were listening. I was listening to. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that that video is one of the best things I've ever seen. It's spectacular. We um, I honestly think Squirrel might be one of. He's like that fucking. You know, you see those videos of that dude who plays tennis, like, but he's a clown. Yeah, he's like. No, no, so you're in sense. You're, you're saying that Gavin's good. He's, 
so good at tennis that he looks like the fucking worst player alive. And I think that's Gavin. I think Grayscrew is the worst, the greatest player alive. <laughs> and instead of instead of like turning that into esports glory, hmm. he's instead decided to use that to troll the fuck out of us at every fucking opportunity. Anytime he plays a fucking game, because there's no way, there's no way anyone is that bad at a game by accident. Like, like he is just awful. He is that awful, and so, but he still manages to fucking Mister McGooey's way in the video in question. He is running through an open field, throwing fucking spike traps at nothing while he's the last person alive he nearly runs into his own fucking grenade somehow and then yeah still manages to get a fucking chicken dinner like inexplicable he throws three spike traps while standing in the middle of a fucking open field with one other person alive somehow comes away with the win I think because the person uh, didn't heal themselves. Oh, never healed themselves. So, so they never got the opportunity. They're too busy. I don't think they healed themselves because I was relaying information. I got, um, I got knocked. We got Gavin ran off by himself to one side of the map. People started shooting, and I'm like asking everybody who we're shooting at, and no one would tell me. Um, right. Yeah. And then someone said they're to the west. I looked to the west and there was no one there. And I started getting shot from, I don't know, the, like, north, some, somewhere north. Um, a dude ran out from, from the zone. So then he got me. Um, and then they were running in from outside the zone. They got, I think, two of their guys went down. And then it was just Gavin left outside. Like, he was inside the zone but shooting at this other dude. Um... But I could still... I was crawling back into the zone. I could see the other guy, like, running from hay bale to hay bale. Hay bale like, right. getting into the zone and getting outside the zone. And so I was, like, relaying information. Being like, all right, he's out of the zone. He's at the hay bale. Hay bale. All right, now yep. he's, he's in, but he's on the left-hand side. The hay bale. Um, so I think he took a bunch of damage. Uh, and then yeah. threw some smoke grenades and then ran behind the next hay bale. Heard the, the spike traps going and was very confused. And so he didn't heal. Right. <laughs> That's possible. It's definitely possible. He takes blue damage. Gavin actually hits him once, and then Gavin finishes it with a headshot to a three, a level three helmet. Yeah, you must be right. Level three helmet. He fires. He hit, hit fire. Fires. Yeah, I fucking hit, hate hit people fun. hit fire. And the worst part is, Wacky Jackie put out a video like last week talking about how good hip firing is, and I'm like, no, don't tell these dickheads that hip fire is any good because. <laughs> A, you're wacky jacky, you and you're a good shot, so yes, your hip fire is going to be pretty good, but don't tell these guys they can hit fire now, because I fucking get on them every time they hit fire at someone, and there's bullets <laughs> spraying all over the place, and they can't hold their own recoil. Oh. So yeah, he hit fires and headshots the guy. I don't think yep. the crosshair is even on the guy when he headshots him. Not even close. Not even fucking close. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is... Yeah. Like, you can't be accidentally that brilliant right like you can't be both that comically inept 
and successful at the same time by accident. I think it's, it's just like if if that was the first time he'd ever done something like this, maybe maybe it would be possible, but it's just not. He is routinely capable of Mister McGuing his way into victory. Hmm. It's it's inconceivable. Yeah. He's like the fucking king of failing forward. It's staggering. Yeah, I think I said this last night. Like, he's been playing this game for two years and he doesn't know how to change grenades. <laughs> like, it's, it's it's probably his most played game over yeah. two years and he doesn't know how to change grenades. Oh, So so rather than figuring out how to change grenades, he just throws spike traps on the ground. So he uses Why was he carrying... Three spike traps. It doesn't make any sense. We weren't even near a road. You don't even, <laughs> I, I don't even pick up one spike trap. Why has he got three of them? Oh. Anyway, that's PUBG. Starcom Nexus. Oh, you want to talk about games that Gavin is... That Grace Girl's fucking awful at? Starcom Nexus. Holy shit. I do not understand. At one point, he shared a fucking photo of his spaceship. Starcom Nexus is a space game that is sort of like, I guess, you know the part of Mass Effect where you fly from planet to planet and do like a mineral scan? Yeah. This is the worst pitch for a video game of all time. But it's basically that. (laughs) The worst part of Mass Effect? We're going to make that a video game. It's, it's basically that. Um, but there's also, like, it's also a top-down sort of twin-stick shooter. Uh, when I say twin-stick shooter, it's got those trappings, but it doesn't play that way because you can't remap the controls. Uh, so it doesn't have... If you play it on controller, you can't, like, move to the top left of your screen by, uh, by like, holding up and left on your thumbstick. It's got that sort of, you rotate, it's got like tank turning, hmm. so you were just way better off playing with mouse and keyboard if you're playing on PC. I don't know if it's on other fucking platforms, but if you're, if you're playing on PC, you just just fucking play with mouse and keyboard. It is a it's just a headache to play with a fucking controller. If you could remap the controllers, I'd probably play it on controller, but uh, yeah, seeing how you can't, just don't. Yeah. And, so no uh, Okay, well, yeah, just play mouse and keyboard. Uh, but it plays really well once once you get your head around that and playing on once you're playing on mouse and keyboard. Um, it's tank turning, so that's how you move is by pressing W to go forward and A and D to turn. Uh, you shoot in any direction your cursor is aiming, so that's that's easy enough. That's fine. Um, and yeah, there's a there's a little bit of combat, uh, but by and large, it is a space exploration game. Uh, and uh, yeah, you, you go from basically from star system to star system, discovering and uncovering this galaxy. You start the game as uh, this tiny little shuttle, uh, basically like the fucking space janitor, and you're tasked with clearing all these uh, asteroids out of the way. You gotta destroy all these asteroids, and while you're destroying asteroids, uh, you're, you're destroying asteroids because. They make it harder for a um, 
for the big capital ships to move through an area. So you're basically killing asteroids so so that other bigger ships can do cool things. Hmm. Uh, but after a short amount of time of destroying asteroids, um, something happens, and so you get teleported, essentially, to a different part of space or a different time of space. Not where are we, but when are we? Uh, and Start also, it. where are we? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, you've got to... It, it's like, uh, you know, you got to work out what this fucking... Where you are and what's going on. And you're immediately hailed by, like, a hostile alien and you fight them off and then uh, you find that the... Sort of the... Space station that you're, at, like recruited by or that you're a part of um that's also been teleported as well and you go find that and um they sort of task you as as their only mobile uh starship you're sort of sent out to go and, and work out what's going on and uh as you go you find like you there are um like warp points or tele teleport points and stuff like that and you sort of uh that unlocks larger areas and um you're able to like build your ship to get bigger and add more guns and it's got like a customizable ship option so you can build the ship however you want although there are restrictions on what you can do with your ship um but yeah like you know the bigger your ship the slower it goes um so you got to add more engines, but engines cost like build points, and so there's this balancing act between like having as large a ship as possible, but also uh, you know not sacrifice like making it so heavy that it doesn't move, and uh, you've got like energy used to sort of account for every time you fire your blaster or use your space boosters, your afterburners uh, that uses energy, but you can actually get to a point where uh, your afterburners, uh, like you've got enough energy generation, like uh, basically engines, uh, batteries. Um, you, you can install enough batteries so that your afterburners don't actually like do anything. Like they don't cost you any energy, essentially. You're at like net positive for energy. And so there's this balancing act where you can actually just boost your way fucking everywhere. Uh, and... Uh, sort of radically changes how you look at um like what your starship design is because if you can boost everywhere and suddenly like you, your minimum speed is actually your boosted speed if that makes sense like you you don't need to worry about ever not being on boost like mm -hmm. you're basically better off always being on boost because it doesn't cost you anything to move uh and uh so yeah you sort of like that changes the way you look at your starship and that's pretty cool and then there's you can get to a point where you your plasma blasters don't cost you any energy provided you've got enough batteries and so that changes the way you look at things and yeah like there's there's all this stuff about ship customization that radically changes the way you look at ship customization as you grow and grow and grow and at the same time yeah you're adding more stuff you're um, taking into account stuff uh, Drew uh, oh yeah so to go back to Squirrel being the fucking worst player of video games of all time um, he got 15 hours into this game 
and who's still in the starting shuttle, <laughs> which I think has two plasma blasters that you can fire for five seconds before they've used all of <laughs> all of their fucking energy. Yeah. Uh, and by the same time, I I think I was like three quarters of the way through the game but he had barely made it a quarter because he wasn't able to fucking move anywhere with any fucking speed he was like speed locked and unable to take on larger fucking enemies because every time he'd run into him he'd get fucking blasted blitzed like he was just getting fucked up um because he was in the fucking starting shuttle and like how? How and do you miss he that? He wasn't reading text, apparently. He because he was never reading any of the text. <laughs> it was fucking insane. Because that's the, the thing about Starcom Nexus is that you have to basically read everything. And it doesn't... It's, it's you know, we're very used to being fucking hand-fed everything in video games. Starcom Nexus doesn't. Absolutely doesn't. And you can fuck your game up pretty hard by not doing it. Uh, I had to, so one example is there's these bird aliens and you can go to their home uh, location and I did that and when I did that uh, I hadn't been reading as diligently as I should have been so I didn't make a connection. Uh, I knew that they shouldn't be enemies at all times but uh, I answered some questions incorrectly and they became enemies at all times. So I reloaded my save, which is a bit of a pain because it sent me back a good five minutes of space travel. Uh, but I went through what I had because what they were talking about, they, was, they were like, oh, uh, what are the stars? Like, if you, are, aren't, if you aren't the big, bad, evil thing in this galaxy and you have actually found us by, you know, uh, using our long forgotten uh travel logs then you should know our uh historical names the, the historical names we've given to star systems that we sent that we designated as potential nest sites and uh yeah the word nest in that is enough for you to then go and find the an the correct answers Right, but you have to be paying attention. This was a particularly tricky one, I think, uh, in the sense that um, the like a single word "nest" is is not a lot, and the the nest designation, the nest star designations are in a bunch of like meaningless text. Which, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a fucking dick punch. But uh, it was sort of an eye-opener to me that I had to be reading fucking everything. And it did change the way I looked at a lot of other stuff. That I may, I may have brute-forced my way through some stuff previously, and then after that I was pretty diligent about reading everything. And so when I came across stuff, I was able to work out what the fuck uh, I, I would need from there on. There were still a, a number of uh, situations I ran into. There's, a bit of, there's still a bit of brute-force even after you even if you're diligent uh, because there is a lot of there's quite a bit of backtracking that you wind up needing to do which is probably my biggest criticism with the game is that inevitably you wind up in a situation where backtracking is uh, the entire game experience like it's not just 
uh, I guess you're, it's not just a possible way forward. It is the only way forward. Um, so it loops back on itself a couple of times uh, as you sort of explore more and more and you unlock the secrets of this galaxy and the secrets of the story and what's happened here and all this kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, you get to a point where uh, you have to basically talk to all the different races you've met uh, and you have to basically, they, they hold the key that to solving the, I guess, endgame puzzle. But then even after you've done that, it seems like you also need to do more backtracking or like have very diligently marked certain things on the game map um, when you couldn't have known that they would be important. So it feels like like it's got it like the game has a fantastic um, like marking system, like gives you the ability to really easily uh, put notes down on space. And like, if you see something interesting that you want to come back to later, uh, you can really easily mark it and it makes a very clear uh, like icon on the, on the star map. And you are able to walk from one fucking edge of the galaxy to the other in like a fucking heartbeat, which is easy and quick, uh, maybe a tiny bit, drawn out but uh like you've got to go to these stargates essentially um to do it or they're called nexus points but uh i guess it's part of the name of the game but yeah once you get to these nexus points you can walk basically anywhere on the fucking map and it's easy to do and it's not annoying but knowing where to go can be annoying because it's not if you haven't been putting those markers down if you haven't marking the map and you don't know that you need to until it's, in my opinion, too late, unless you are doing it for some other reason. Like, the game doesn't teach you to do this, and it should. It should teach you a lot earlier to be doing this whenever you find a point of interest, because there is a very sort of linear progression to the way that you move around the map. And... Uh, it, it sort of then loops back on itself, right? Like it then has you go back to the start of this linear progression and now you've got more knowledge. And so that you look at everything a little bit different and that like widens your field of view, basically. And you, you're able to see more out of what you're seeing, uh, out of what you're discovering and stuff, which is... I think a really cool fucking design, but what it does uh, when it when the third loop happens, it doesn't start you back at the start. It has you just go to a bunch of different points, hmm. right? And you don't know where those points are. So you could find it again by going through the linear progression, but there's nothing more to learn out of that. You won't get anything more until you get to those specific points. So it's literally just backtracking for the sake of backtracking which is a bit annoying so yeah the last fucking I guess last fifth of the game is a bit of a slog in that sense um, but 
and and I'd also by that point I'd unlocked as much as I figured I could. Uh, there were a couple of things I hadn't fucking found, but um, yeah, like I I might I'd settled on a ship design that was literally unbeatable, uh, and that felt really good and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I discovered all the planets, uh, all the star systems rather, and I'd gone to every planet and I solved a bunch of these mysteries. And what Starcom Nexus does really fucking amazing is it makes you feel like you are. They're, they're not puzzles, right? They're not. These aren't puzzles that you're working out. There are a couple of puzzles, but they, they, like by and large, they're not puzzles that you're working out. They're mysteries that you're solving, right? Like you are. It's, it's a fucking murder mystery where you're given enough information and then you're tasked with finding the killer, except it's not a killer. It's like a space virus or some other shit. And it feels like you're solving these mysteries and it fucking does it amazingly. And the whole time that you're solving these mysteries, you're going f- like from star system to star system, discovering new shit. You're like flying to a star system and there's a... a like a white dwarf that's about to go supernova or something and it makes all the colors in in that area like weird or you fly into a star system and there's a super giant uh star and it is like if you go if you accidentally go even a little bit close to it you will fucking like your ship will just die like straight up just it's it's too big a star and you couldn't have known before you got there and you fly in and yeah you like see your fucking health just shitting its pants and you're like fuck and you gotta get the fuck out and then but you still gotta explore this star system because it's got this stuff there and you gotta fucking get to the planets and you gotta fucking work out the mystery of the star system and you like work it out and yeah you, there are star systems the you know there's blue stars and red stars and every every single time you go to somewhere else or twin stars and like it just fucking feels like you're you're actually an explorer discovering amazing new fucking places and it does that so fucking well and there's like all these little tiny puzzles that you gotta like that are in are largely inconsequential but you have to fucking solve and they're all like intuitive on the face of them, uh, like uh, like uh, superficially intuitive. So when you do solve these little puzzles, it feels like super logical, and and it makes the the bigger mysteries that you solve feel that much bigger because you know you sort of get this fucking world right, and yeah it, it's fucking rad right uh, and it all hinges on you paying enough attention uh, along the way to have gotten the information required to solve the mysteries and you can like everything all the lo- like everything you discover is logged and stored and uh, all that kind of stuff uh, so you can search through your own logs and find you search nests and find the nests or for some of the other ones you can you know find the, the required fucking information that you need later on um, and it does a fucking brilliant job of, yeah, like allowing you to feel like you solved all this shit on your own. And you know the world building is fantastic. I turned the music off. I played uh, the in the Interstellar soundtrack and the Ad Astra soundtrack while I was playing, and it just it was fucking perfect. The amount of times the score 
the soundtracks lined up with whatever I was doing yeah. were like you know I, 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 I know it was obviously a mad coincidence but like it just I'd be like flying I'm flying through some fucking nebula uh, which is basically like you know cloudy area of space and uh, and I've got no idea what's going to be on the other side of this nebula and I'm just fucking flying through and like the interstellar soundtrack is playing that fucking song where Matt Damon betrays everyone and you're like uh, I'm tense as fuck what the fuck is going to be on the other side and you get through the fucking other side and yeah surprise surprise just as the crescendo hits that song like fucking you bust through the nebula and you get fucked by like 16 billion fucking sentient robots I'm like ah fuck uh, but it like you it, it works and every everything works like every every little discovery is fucking amazing and it just feels like they didn't know how to finish it I guess uh, but it took me fucking 24 hours to get to the point where I, I was annoyed by the last fifth or tenth of the game hmm. uh, and the rest of it's fucking amazing so yeah I 100% people think people should fucking check it out get into it yeah it's well worth it yeah, um, yeah. so it's on Steam it is available for 20 US you can find it on there um, totally worth it yeah and it's just come out last or it's gone uh, I, I guess it was in early access at some stage yeah um, but yeah it's been out for about a month now so you can definitely check that one out. Yep. All right, should we do some news? Let's do some news. Everything? I think it's everything. That's it. Checking the list. Um, all right, not, not a ton of news, but there's a little bit here. We've got uh, uh, Sony has decided to skip E3 again this year. Um, I don't know. It wasn't surprising for me that this is happening. No. I guess because like the way a lot of these conventions work is you, you kind of sign on um you're given floor space and if you don't come back one year you lose that floor space and then somebody yeah. else can sign on and take it obviously um sony is a massive name and i don't know if e or the esa would be like actually you can't come back anymore we've uh we've given your floor space away but yeah um like i feel like that uh yeah them saying like them them not coming one year is a big deal like they would have made that decision like we're not coming because we're not coming for a while or we're not coming back ever <laughs> like yeah. that's the type of decision you make when you leave e3 so for me yeah. it wasn't a massive surprise but still people were making a big deal out of it um they've obviously got a new console coming out this year and it sounds like they're going to be focusing more on uh, consumer events or their own sort of pop-up events that they'll be doing. Um, yeah. I think there's a there's an event next month, early next month, that they'll be showing some stuff off. I think that's where that Elden Ring, Elden Ring is coming from. Um, right, okay. But anyway, was this... doesn't sound like it was very surprising to you either. No, not at all. Um, I, I think E3 is sort of over. It's dead, you know? Um... Uh, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of younger writers are disappointed um, because I think E3 was the dream for a long time, but uh, yeah, it's just, 
not worth the effort for a lot of people. Uh, and I mean, last year after Nate's first time, first and only trip to E3, they fucking doxed him. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's sort of that was sort of it for E3 in my opinion. I was never going back. I know uh, Nate definitely isn't going back. Um, yeah, but uh, with Play- PlayStation out, uh, I-, I know Xbox is keen to continue to do it, um, to continue to support it, but yeah, that's... Yeah, cool. I mean, it's easy for Xbox as well. Uh, they have the Microsoft Theater next door to where the um, the E3 Convention Center is, the LA Convention Center. Um, yeah. And in the past, well, at least the year that I went, um, not last year, the year before, they had set up the Microsoft Theater as like the, this is where you can come and do all your interviews and like all the games are here that you can play. So like they, they've basically got a free theater they can just set up and do it yeah. at E3 anyway and then have a consumer stand, stand inside. Um and that's kind of the problem we three run into is that they can't decide whether they want to be a consumer show or if they want to be a media press buyer show type thing, like an industry show. They're in this weird yeah. middle ground where they uh, they don't really know what they want to do and they still don't really know what they want to do, um, which is why places like PAX are so successful or even like Gamescom. Yeah, Gamescom does a thing where it's like, all right, there's press days, and there's your press day, and then the rest of it is all uh, public. They do press day for the show floor, but they also have the fucking business area where, yeah, you, like you people are making if you're deals there as and... press. You fucking never have to go out onto the show floor. Yeah. You see everything at, at basically the same thing that Xbox did with their theater. Every single person, every single publisher, developer has at Gamescom. Uh, which is fucking amazing. Is so much better. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know if it's going to be a big uh, like. It's obviously not going to be a big blow from now. Kind of prepare for this ESA, but um, I don't know if we've had any big names drop out yet for this year. Mm. But I guess we'll wait and see what happens yeah. for E3. But it's definitely going ahead this year. Um. Next up, uh, Batman Arkham Origins developer is teasing a new Batman oh. game. Oh, I again. just don't care anymore. Fucking... <laughs> it's, it feels like they were about to announce something last year. Yeah. Maybe the Game Awards. Yeah. And then they decided not to. That is what it feels like. But now they're teasing it again. And yet we've not heard fucking... anything yet. Shit will get off the pot, motherfuckers. I'm done caring yeah. like just uh, yeah wake me up when they fucking have anything to show it's a it's i don't like thing. the strategy that they're they're going for like just announce it like yeah you're losing your thunder <laughs> by doing this by right? making like, it yeah um did, did you see this they've got like the image that they've well the two images they put out oh they put out more than two they're doing like weird things where you combine images and it makes like a little logo thing but they also right. release this wheel thing where the the logos fit in the wheel and there's like fucking nine more slots in this wheel so what, are they going to be teasing this game every month for the next nine months or something I don't know it's I don't know who's doing the marketing over there but they've uh, like you want your reveal for a game to be like what no way yeah. not 
Ah, oh, fucking finally. Well done. Well done for fucking getting there eventually. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not uh it's not 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 doing very well. So hopefully they just give up whatever they're trying to do and just show the game or reveal give us the CG trailer that you're obviously going to drop at some stage. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh next up we got Vincent Pella will be heading up LA Dice or Dice LA. Mm. Can't remember which yeah. one it is. Um, and we're working on an unannounced game. Um, he won't be leaving Respawn as the CEO, but he'll be heading up um, DICE's Los Angeles studio. Um, I mean, the guy's on a bit of a roll, I would say. He's done some good games. Obviously, the, the Call of Duty, even going back to Modern Warfare, and then coming on things like Titanfall, um, Titanfall 2, and then obviously Apex Legends has done really well. Jedi Fallen Order has done um, really well in terms of sales and, and critically. So, yeah, yeah, man, uh, whatever I guess he's doing, EA's pretty happy with him helming, helming another studio. Um, but we don't know what that is yet, like game. Do you have any no, ideas uh, what you'd like to see from DICE? <laughs> uh, DICE LA? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I think maybe a Medal of Honor? I reckon that'd be pretty fucking cool. Well, they're, they're, uh, they're making I know they're doing Honor. the Respawn's making the VR Medal of Honor. I want yeah. to see a fucking proper Medal of Honor, I think. What, what if he's doing future Battlefield? Like, uh, Battlefield 2143. Yeah. That'd be pretty fucking cool. I'm taking I, his Titanfall experience. Boom. If, if, yeah. Like, imagine, yeah. Imagine the Titan mode. In uh, in Battlefield twenty one forty two with Titans, combine them, Titanfall and Titans. That well, that would be a bit confusing, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I like that. I like it. I play it. <laughs> do it. Yep. Yeah. Do it. Um. All right. And next up is don't launch with a battle royale mode. Just launch one six months later and really shit the bed with it. <laughs> yeah. Plan. Yep. Yeah patch it twice and then give up um yeah alright the next one feels like we've been talking about for since we started this podcast uh Uncharted movie mm. has lost its sixth director Travis Knight <laughs> uh but that hasn't stopped more rumours sprawling up which is uh Ruben Ruben Flesher Flesher I don't know who this is. Um, so he's a director of... Uh, he did the original Zombieland and Zombieland 2. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, right. But most recently, you may recognize his work as the director of Venom. Zombieland 2 is more recent than Venom, but <laughs> that doesn't bode well. I haven't watched Zombieland 2. Is that any good? I've not watched it yet either. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't bode well for it either. <laughs> <laughs> well, heck, huh? Yeah. Um yeah anyway uh, do you think this one's like at some stage like Tom Horn is apparently still attached to play Nathan Drake um right he's gonna be fucking sully by the time I film it <laughs> well this is the funny thing is that when we I'm pretty sure when we first started talking about this <clears throat> um oh I'm just making yeah this is the Mark, Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg thing, isn't was it? attached I... to it to be Nathan Drake but now he's and... attached to play sully <laughs> That is fucking amazing. Yeah. So, that yeah. is gold. Oof. Oof. 
I don't oh, yeah. think this films. There's something wrong, right? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> They're like, it can't just be... It can't just be an Indiana Jones film. Like, tell me that's not... Ju- the games aren't just Indiana Jones under a different license, are they? And then they're like, yeah, that's kind of it. That's, mm. um, yep, that's what they are. And they're like, ah. Oh. Um, yeah, Universal's going to sue our fucking pants off. So I think we can do that. We're going to make it different enough. Uh, either that or Tom Cruise keeps doing every single massive set piece that they want to do and like it's already been done in Mission Impossible back to the drawing board back to the drawing board and then (laughs) by the time they come out with another big set piece Tom Cruise has done it again like for fuck's sake who keeps talking to Tom yeah yeah um yeah, I, I, I don't like. I don't know if this is a Naughty Dog thing. Like Naughty Dog is not happy with what they're doing because, right? I'm pretty sure, uh, wasn't. I, I feel like like Naughty Dog had a hand in a lot of this. Like Neil Druckmann was right. the writer at some stage or producer. I'm trying to find if I can see if I can find some information on it. Um, but yeah, there's there's obviously something going on if you're having all these directors drop out due to creative differences, um, and yet it's not like it's not getting anywhere in this film. So I yeah, don't know. anyway, it's strange. I'm sure we hear about a new director being attached and leaving. Maybe they'll just like fuck it. The the Venom guy would just do whatever we want. Like just give it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just get it out there. Just, just give us our money. All right. Uh, it can't a, be worse than the Assassin's Creed film. Oh, it could be. It could be. It could be. I mean, what's worse? Well, Warcraft or Assassin's Creed? Well, or the new Doom movie? I haven't seen the new Doom one yet. No, I did, right? Doom 2. Not not Doom. Doom 2. The new Doom 2 movie. It's on Netflix. Yep, I haven't seen I'm it I'm sure yet. it's... Stella. Terrible. Um, alright and that's the news that's the news of the, the year that's, that's the podcast we're done um, alright let's let's. Uh, I haven't done this for a while so I've forgotten it all uh, you can find The Gap on iTunes Android Windows Store Spotify YouTube did I say that already? I can't remember um, we're on all those platforms including many many more um, if you want to help us out you can re- rate and review the show helps other people find it because sometimes it can be quite tricky. Um, but we appreciate everyone that does that. Uh, if you'd like to send us any questions, you can email us, the podcast at gmail.com, or you can jump onto our Discord page, the gapodcast.com slash Discord. Uh, you can tell us your favorite moments of any of the podcasts you've listened to, uh, any, any memories you've got. would be um, something we can read out next week when we do our 500th episode. Um, but yeah, you can go to that uh, that link there. That'll open things up for you. Otherwise, you can just play games. Maybe you want to see the master in his domain and play with Gavin in PUBG. Oh, yeah. You want, you, just yeah, watch you him throw spike, tra- spike traps everywhere. Yes. You can do that if you want. Um, otherwise, you can find our social media, facebook.com slash GA podcast, twitter.com slash GA podcast. You can find us on YouTube, thegapodcast.com slash YouTube. 
and our website is thegapodcast.com. It's stuck in a loop where you just keep saying this shit. What? You just keep fucking looping back and saying all this. Said the YouTube like 16 times now. Oh, yeah, you can find us on thegapodcast.com slash YouTube and our website, thegapodcast.com, has links to all the things we talked about, including past episodes of the show. And our YouTube page is also up there if you want to try and find that as well. Um, but uh, you can also become a Patreon subscriber if you want to help support the show. You can go to patreon.com slash GA podcast um, and become a recurring subscriber. You get this podcast a day or two early sometimes if you'd like like to do that. You can help support the show. Please don't... Uh, if it's going Thank to you harm you in any way financially, please no. don't do it. Don't do it. We don't want any don't of that. To happen to you um so but otherwise we appreciate everyone's support every month for helping us run things like the website greatly You're the best greatly appreciate that um yes i think that is it have you got anything you'd like uh, to spruik out maybe your twitter your twitter account people yeah. can watch your your videos go check out my twitter at joby jojo uh and yeah that's about it uh for me you can find me at twitter.com slash luke laurie not really posting much up there, but you can go and get check that one out. Um, but otherwise, I think that is it for us. This this episode one of the year. It was a little bit long, but yep. we had a lot to talk about. A lot of things. Uh, yes. A lot of things we played during the break. So um, much more to come next week. As I said, we'll probably uh, probably talk about some more PUBG. We'll, we'll get some some uh, that new update going. Uh, a few other games we can talk about and then we'll do some um, yeah maybe some like things we're looking forward to for this year new consoles new games uh, and then we'll go from there so thanks everyone for listening back next week